Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of the Jibberfish Podcast. Uh, this is Colin, reporting in with a quick editorial introduction to the show. Now in today's episode, at around about the two hour mark, we begin discussing the issues surrounding Vic Mignana, a popular uh, American dubbing voice actor, and his current allegations, uh, or his current allegations against him regarding uh, his inappropriate behaviour at conventions. Now, at the time, this was, or actually as we were recording, this was still a subject that was very much up in the air. The current debates on Twitter had been started with Rooster Teeth uh, removing him from Ruby, one of their uh, flagship shows, and severing all ties with him. And the lack of information caused a firestorm debate on Twitter, as these things tend to do. Dom and I decided to actually look into this subject and start talking about it to try and parse out some kind of teaching moments, I guess, uh, with regards to what had happened, what had been discussed, how it was being discussed, and what could be done to learn from these experiences. Because we think the situation has been handled poorly on a couple of sides. And a lot of what we came to the conclusion of was a policy of kind of wait and see what would happen. And unfortunately, during the recording, Funimation released a statement saying that they were removing their ties with Vic Mignana which is a big twist in this, and uh, mentioned that they had performed an investigation. The end result of which was that they would also be severing their ties with Vic Mignana. Uh, for an interesting note, uh, we actually timed this out, and I worked out roughly when we stopped talking about the subject and moved on to our showstopper. And it turns out that we would have actually finished saying the phrase, we need to wait and see, at about the same time Funimation posted the following on Twitter. And I quote, Everyone, we wanted to give you an update on the Vic Mignana situation. Following an investigation, Funimation recast Vic Mignana in Moreau's Mononokian Season 2. Funimation will not be engaging Mignana in future productions. Part of our core mission is to celebrate diversity of the anime community and to share our love of the genre and its positive impact on us all. We do not any or we do not any kind of harassment or threatening behaviour direct, being directed to anyone. This was edited too, we do not condone any kind of harassment or threatening behaviour being directed at anyone. So although this was the kind of thing that we were actually looking for to kind of give closure on a viral outrage situation, we unfortunately missed the deadline by mere seconds. However, we do still think that there is merit to what we discussed in the podcast, so we're leaving it in, and as I say, a timestamp will be left down below with a more accurate description of when this discussion starts just in case you're interested in that part of the show specifically. In the meantime, on with the show. Well, we might be in the midst of anime's deepest, darkest uh, Twitter controversy, but we're here to talk gibberish, aren't we, Dom? Yep, we are. It's, it's a point I don't want to be in, but it's a point I nevertheless find myself in. It's, uh, it's a, a moment started with speculation, rumours, and it's led to controversies and debates and downright accusations of lying. But Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid Season 2 has been announced! <laughs> we are here in the moment living our lives as best we can, aren't we, Dom? 
dumb as no idea what I that was. I have no idea what the fuck you are. <laughs> uh, fuck so you are talking about. I got the DVD or the players for season one right there. Mm-hmm. And Miss Kovesh is dragging me. Oh, by the way, there's also the Vic Mignana thing, but we'll get to that. That's not important. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well, that's just that. Let's start with fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> let's go high then low. High then low. Um, so, so low. Miss Kovesh, so low. <laughs> Miss Kovacs Dragon Maid is actually the exact thing you want to see after you spend a day reading up on what's going on in Vic Mignana one, uh, world. So he... Uh, so I guess the, the Dragon Maid story is very simple. It is the idea... You know, it's the whole thing of like the... Uh, it's the Christian fable of like the mouse pulls the thorn out of the lion's paw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same thing but scaled up to be people and dragons. So Miss Kobayashi goes off in the mountains when she's drunk as fuck meets a dragon she's like awesome dragon because she's drunk as fuck <laughs> sweet sees the sword stuck in its back and takes it out to be bro uh, to be a total bro about the situation mm-hmm. and the dragon agrees to be her maid okay because duh why not yeah that makes complete sense uh 12 or sorry 13 episodes of the most like grin inducing anime follow of just like joy it is non-stop <laughs> just sheer joy i don't know what the fuck is going on but i watched like the ova that was included on the Blu-rays and like one random episode just at the weekend before the announcement and was just like grinning uncontrollably like this is the nicest show I've ever watched <laughs> nothing goes wrong nobody gets hurt nobody is in peril for more than like five minutes and it's all resolved at the end and ah very nice <laughs> but season two was hinted at and it was quite funny because uh, Crunchyroll I think it was like one of their foreign language accounts hmm. tweeted it out when you shouldn't have all right, um, probably Italy. They always fuck up. It's always the Italians. It's always the Italians. Them pesky Italians. But they had uh, like a, a tweet went out. Somebody copied the link to that tweet. Didn't screenshot it. And yeah, screenshots can be faked, but the uh, the, the link becomes dead when Crunchyroll deletes the tweet. So you have one blog saying, "Dude, we saw it. Kobe Ash's Dragon Maid season two coming out this year, late twenty nineteen. We're gonna mm-hmm. get season two fans rejoice then the tweet gets deleted and now we just have some random weeaboo saying it's coming out and nobody <laughs> believes them because we've been tempted by this before we've been tempted by it a lot recently hmm. but now actually we do have confirmation that yes we are getting a season two nice so nice more more chibi dragon it's always, a, it's always a good thing when anime shows that people like quite a lot because uh, like i said I go to a fit, like it's been said a few times in the past i go to a few cons and I always see people dressed up as the the main character, Lukoa. Lukoa is not the main character. Well, is she the main character? She's in it. She's in it. She's. Is she's she not there. the titular dragon maid? Titular is the correct word. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis but, on the tit. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that you picked up on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I've seen no. quite a few people dressed cosplaying this stuff. So I assume that yeah. people kind of they like this show, and like you said, it's just a it's just a nice warm like a warm bath of an anime. People just yeah. like oh. Feels good. She's a she's an easy character to cosplay because her outfit is just a black tank top, a baseball cap, a wig, and some uh, jean shorts. And you get yeah. to hug people because that's all she does. Is she shows up and hugs people, and you have a long series of jokes of her uh, tormenting a young boy because she's heavily endowed. Uh, yeah. So you have a very large busty woman hugging a boy who's too young to appreciate boobs. He just wanted to summon a demon to help him become a powerful wizard. He ended up summoning a dragon who was like. I'll just stick around for the walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's the entire premise of our character in the show is just to show up and be like, I right, fuck it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why not just be a dick to this little like 10 year old kid who has no idea what a boob is yeah. and is being like constantly smothered and running away screaming, eh, don't hug me, demon. <laughs> <And> you're like, <laughs> back demon. Dude, <laughs> yeah. 
do you know what is smothering your face right now? In about five years, you're going to be kicking yourself. In five years, you're going to be doing the chasing. So, yeah, the, there's Loko. The main characters are Miss Kobayashi, Toru, who is literally just obviously Thor, uh, mm. the, a dragon representing what becomes the god of thunder in human mythology. Yeah. And then Kana, which is the tiny little uh, child in the white dress you might see every now and again. Mm. Totally adorable, like, little weird family unit. And just, like, as you say, the entire show is a warm bath. So, season two coming not soon enough Yeah, for me. So, yeah, that was my best news this week. What was your best news this week? Um, share, share the joy, Don. My, my best news this week is that uh, we got an update to Dragon Ball Fighters. Dragon Ball Fighters Season 2, and I personally could not be more pleased with how Jiren and Videl turned out. Yeah. Jiren is exactly what you think he would be. He's a fucking powerhouse. He's an absolute tank of a character. He can... I mean, I guess this is technically the Here Comes a New Challenger section. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. I need to get a soundbite for that. If someone can point me (laughs) in the direction of a royalty-free soundbite that sounds just enough like Street Fighter 2, Here Comes a New Challenger, (laughs) someone can point me in that direction, that'd be great. But yeah, uh, Jiren, he's... plays just exactly how you think he could he's just all about the super armor and he's all about just crushing like big physical attacks and he, he has a, a combo that i call the snooker combo because mm-hmm. he hits you up and he hits you up into the air hits you with a, a just a regular a button blast that sends you across to one corner of the screen <laughs> he can then warp over hit you down and go diagonally across the screen he can then warp down and hit you the other way shit <laughs> obviously that's not spammable once you do the kind of four loop yeah. you have to down reset but technically if you could reset and get back to the top corner quick enough for the character, you could technically just loop them. That would result in serious brain damage. It would result in yeah, game breaking. But Jiren, a fucking great character. His uh, his hyper com- his uh, super combos are fucking awesome to watch. Yeah. The uh, he has one where his first one is he just does a massive sort of uppercut punch and like energy comes out. Yeah. Uh, another one is he does a big kind of destructo disc, but it sticks in the ground and spins. All right, cool. So it can it becomes a bit of a stage hazard, and he's level three. Is a, a command grab, so he just grabs them and just basically nukes the place with a punch. Like you see hmm. the big like mushroom, not like, like an energy dome <laughs> yeah. expanding through the stage. And again, it's just really fun to watch. My question about him though is because mm-hmm. the key point of fighters is that it is well balanced. Yeah. How is he balanced? I'm guessing speed. He's balanced because yeah, he's really really slow. Okay. If you've got a character like Gotenks, a character like uh, Adult Gohan or Bardock or Beerus, Beerus can get in there and shred them. Okay. But if you get caught by it, eh, you're in. You're fucked. Okay. Because that was the thing in the show, yeah. was that he was a tank. He, You could probably outpace him if you were powerful enough. Yeah. Uh, but in the show, he was not going to stop. He was going to just tank through whatever you've got, yeah. and then you're in trouble. Yeah. Because he's there in your face, and his fist is the size of your chest. Yeah. Have fun with that. Two things that I don't like about Jiren and Fighter. One, it's the same problem I had with him in Super, his overall design. Just very the, simplistic. Very simplistic, very boring, very kind of... You remember when you're sort of, you were we were sort of teenagers and we'd go, and go to the local fair day in Bonness and you buy the inflatable aliens? Yeah. It looks like <laughs> one of them just with muscles. It's very boring, very plain, but I suppose it's meant to contrast Goku who in his later transformations gets, you know, the, he gets the like the shiny red aura on top of the blue aura, like yeah. Super Saiyan Blue, that kind of thing. It was a clear contrast. So I understand why they did it. I'm still going to have fun playing the character design regardless. Quick aside though, who signed off on Super Saiyan Blue Kaioken? Somebody saw that mouthful and said, yes, we yep. will approve that we'll, use we'll for the that. show. That uh, will be a thing that will happen. Personally, I think it was a good a good little callback because 
Kyle Kane was meant to be this big thing before Super Saiyan. Then yeah. Super Saiyan came along and just went, nope. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> just like, oh, you get a two times boost? Ten times minimum. <laughs> I'm going to power up more and it's going to go up and up. But yeah, it was a good it was a good callback for me because like oh Goku still has that and now he has Super Saiyan Blue. However, he combines the two and just becomes a walking Megaton bomb. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, the, the other thing, the other problem I had with Jiren is his alternate costumes look like shit. Well, I mean, his main costume is like black and then like a red bit. Yeah, like a like, red yeah. sort of V like going down. Yeah. So I mean, really, what can you do with that as an alternative costume? Yeah, it's I'd a like lot. it be like six just different color swaps, and then one where he just has a weird fancy hat for no reason. That'd be amazing. Me? I, I, one, it's just all these different colour swaps, then his seventh colour is just Mrs. Nesbit from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Mrs. Nesbit. Now just I'm like, sucking down <laughs> Darjeeling. He's like beating the shit out of you with a teacup. That'd be great. I'd watch the fuck out of that. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Toy Story, did you see the little Super Bowl spot for Toy Story 4? Uh, yeah, I saw, like, I didn't see it because I went and watched it, but then yeah. came back to YouTube to watch the important stuff, hmm. and yeah, Toy Story 4 is pretty good. Yeah, uh, I like the fact that Keen Peele are in yeah. there, <laughs> just like, to infinity, in my foot! <laughs> They've actually been advertising those guys more than the main Toy Story thing, because you can show yeah. that and be like, guys, check it out, Keen Peele are yeah, in Yeah, Keen Peele are in there. And it, you know, uh, well, that'll sell tickets. Yeah. Sold my ticket already. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see it. Just for, just for completeness of sake, because I'm hoping this is the last one they do. Uh, they just finish it at four and just let, let let them let them die. See if you if you space it out. I wouldn't mind. Every couple yeah. of years just coming back for a new story, I, I wouldn't object to that entirely. Yeah, I suppose it wouldn't be too bad. But then again, I think four comes out this year, next year. Uh, I think it's this year. Yeah. Just so they wait if they've got an advert in the Super Bowl this year, yeah, it'll be this year. To be it this year. Then again, the time Toy Story 5 comes out, there's every chance we'll be very mid-30s. <laughs> <laughs> Probably still continuing or more focused on careers than anything else. Yeah. Like, so yeah, there might be other things that come up when Toy Story 5, but yeah, I suppose I agree with you there. If they do it right and just space <laughs> them out, it could work. But I'd want them to... It could work, but I don't want it. I don't want it to give it the option. I'd rather they just end it. Like, yeah. Put, them, put the toys away. It's the horrific idea that Toy Story 5 is Andy... As like a businessman. I thought you could say Andy's the Terminator or something like that. I have to go back and kill. <laughs> Andy's the Terminator for some reason. He goes back in time to just murder Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> and everyone has to try and save Buzz, but because Andy's there, they can't move. So they're like, oh, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> we can't move. <laughs> no, I had the horrible idea that like that Andy is a businessman and like he's mid-30s and he's totally washed out, he doesn't give a fuck anymore. And then he's just like home drunk one night. And he just sees like Woody's hat, and just as a mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> he's just That's the worst thought I've ever he's, just there, he's just sitting there with a bottle of whiskey in his hand. He's just holding Woody's hat, and they're just going, "This is when times were good." I used to be a cowboy. <laughs> now I'm a nobody. And you were like, <laughs> my favorite deputy. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, have to be a fucking space marine? <laughs> And then we just like we see him waking you up. You had a friend like, in me. Andy <laughs> <laughs> drunkenly yelling. Old just singing Randy Newman at the window. You had a friend in me. And then just the end of the movie is just like it cuts to like Buzz and Woody in a vent. Like what the fuck? <laughs> what did we just watch? What was that? <laughs> the last thing you hear in the movie is just a door slamming and a chair creaking. <laughs> Uh, it's a single gunshot. 
He's sitting there like he's sitting going through his old toys. He's just like he picks up the little phone. It's just like, hold on, let me phone suicide prevention hotline. The cow goes moo. <laughs> I forgot this was a toy too. <laughs> well, I just want to go. I think I know. I'm going to just delete this out of the podcast. We're going to make the world's greatest <laughs> Toy Story short. <laughs> Most gory. Like, <laughs> Toy Story 10. Andy's finally gone. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, fuck. What were we talking about? I don't know. Oh, God. I don't even want to talk about Videl anyway. I want to keep seeing how far we can push that Toy Story 5. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fuck. No. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. Jiren's an unstoppable tank. Yeah. Should not be referred to as Mrs. Nisbet for obvious reasons. Yeah. For, for, for a, you know, contractual reason. We can't, we can't call him Mrs. Nisbet because, well, Walt Disney's got a better lawyer than I could be. So. Uh, uh, but, yeah, uh, the other character that got in uh, Dragon Ball Fighter Season 2 was Videl with the great Seiman. Oh, it, yeah, you said uh, Sam yeah. pops in as, like, uh, an extra, like, alternative, like, super attack or something like that. Yeah, like, uh, he has some kind of assist attacks. Also, he is mapped to the A button, and the A button is usually projectiles. And because Videl, she hasn't quite harnessed the whole key power yeah. thing, she doesn't have projectiles. She doesn't she have energy. Five episodes to learn how to float. Yeah, she doesn't. She can't do the energy projectiles. So if you push A with Videl, Gohan just comes out and punches you. That makes sense. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then for certain other attacks, uh, Gohan will come in and do a couple of moves. For her uh, level three, her and Gohan do a kind of team beat em up type thing. Yeah. I like the idea of you just like you randomly push a button and Gohan pops and you just start battering people back and forward. Yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, she's got the counter where she just stands still and says, get serious or something like that. She obviously gets knocked on her ass and Gohan just goes Super Saiyan 2 and hits him with a Kamehameha. <laughs> but uh, she's more of a more of a kind of dash sort of jump character. Mm-hmm. Like she's more of a like high mobility character. Very, very squishy. If you get caught in a couple of combos, she's going to, her health is going to drain away quickly. But she can get in and do a lot of damage very quickly. Yeah. And with the Gohan, with the, with the assist of Gohan, she can deal damage very, very quickly. But the main drawback to her is that she has no projectiles, with the exception of Gohan, who technically, it's weird to say that Gohan is Videl's projectile. Yeah. He's a, he's a mid-tier projectile, let's yeah. be honest. Especially during the Saiyan arc. Yeah, during the Saiyan arc. And then further into Dragon Ball Super, when he becomes literally just there. He's a doorstop at best. Yeah. He's he's one of those little boxes that people used to put the milk bottles in. <laughs> we finished with this one. Oh, cool. Gohan, hold this. <laughs> I mean, it's technically a doorstop, but sometimes the door slides shut again anyway. Yeah. So, you know, fuck we it. don't really need them all the time. It's good to see that they, like, the design of the characters as playable characters fits the design or the ethos of the characters in the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's going to be hard to translate 30 years of Dragon Ball at this point. Yeah. And make it fit into a playable game. Yeah, I like the, the. I think that is the main challenge, and I think that's what the the director of this game is doing quite well. She has stated from the get go that she wants to be as faithful to the show and to the the ideals and the, the concepts of the show as mm. humanly possible when she's making this game. And for the most part, she has been. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she's taken certain liberties with some characters, like uh, Beerus. Cr- with Krillin the, being usable. <laughs> dude, Krillin's one of the best characters in the game. Like, See, that's the problem. She's yeah. faking it at this point. Yeah, obviously she's boosted certain characters. She's heavily reduced other characters. Like, um, apparently Gotenks was nowhere near what she wanted them to be. Okay. She wanted Gotenks to be better than he is. But then she then she kind of thought, oh, wait, why don't I add in the fact that Gotenks was an arrogant fuck and then use that to kind of drop his power level a little bit. Okay. I mean, well, the thing is that, like, Gotenks is a really divisive character 
in yeah. the fans. Some people love him. A lot of people would really like to see him hit by a bus. And then yeah. another bus, and then another bus. Just a series be, of buses. Yeah, a procession of buses straight to the face. Yeah, I, I can see why. Uh, he was kind of a... He was touted as, this guy's going to save the Ark. Oh, him. <laughs> right, how is he going to use them? Oh, wait, he's he's down. It's Goku. This, this is who's oh. going to finish the Ark. It's Goku. Oh, it's Goku time again. What a yeah. surprise. Oh, wait, no, Gohan's here. Oh, wait, no, he's gone. Oh, he's eating again. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, wait, there you go. go. Gohan, he's back to being the doorstop again. That was another wasted potential in the show. Like Gohan getting the whole training with the Z sword. Then the he ultimate goes to, training, yeah. Then he goes to fight uh, Super Boo. Has him on the ropes for most part and just becomes an arrogant dick. <laughs> it's weird that the arrogance is always what gets the, the characters. And yeah. Goku's just too stupid to have that. Yeah, Goku's Goku's got brain damage. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we should talk about it if we're good. Just chab it, Dragon Ball. Uh, you can't see the Broly movie. So yep. we won't be talking about that for a while until you can in yeah. May. Yeah, the 22nd of May is when the Blu-ray comes out. I've already pre-ordered the minute I've seen it pop up on my uh, Zavi account, which, okay. I didn't, which I didn't fucking know I had. I think I remember then. <laughs> yeah, because there used to be a Virgin, like the Virgin store. Oh, right, yeah. And then Virgin Media obviously came a thing and went, we don't need stores anymore. We're focusing on TV, internet. And mobile good phones. Broadband speed. Yeah, we're going to focus on that shit. We don't need like, record stores or anything anymore. So then they got bought over by Zavi. Then Zavi oh, just yeah, they disappeared. Used to have Virgin Records, didn't they? Yeah. Holy fuck. Yep. Virgin Cola as well, which is disgusting. I'd sooner punch myself in the face repeatedly. I don't think I've tried that. It was fucking horrible. I used to get it in a Farmfords. Hmm. One of those little like freezer stores that used to yeah. kick out. They used to, oh, in no, fact, they're still there. Yeah, they're still there. The Farmfords down in Bonesse is actually pretty good. Yeah, they used to get about two litres of Virgin Cola for 90 pence. It's disgusting. I mean, if you've got enough vodka, anything tastes good, but that might be a stretch. Yeah, if you're drunk enough, anything tastes nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, Talking about, like, virgin stuff and gaming, Um, I've got back, I, I was off for a week, so I got really into uh, gaming, mm-hmm. just in time for Apex Legends and the Division 2 beta. Yeah. I've heard good things about Apex Legends. Apex is great. Like, I, I don't enjoy Battle Royale games. I mm. don't enjoy first-person shooters. I'm really bad at them. Apex makes me feel good about myself. That's impressive. That's a feat of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that has stopped me from playing Apex Legends is the fact that it is made by the people that made Titanfall. Not a bad thing. Yeah. Using most of the assets from Titanfall. Again, not a bad thing. It's the fact that there's no Titans in it. Like, you're using all the assets from Titanfall. Why not just bring the giant robots in? The thing like, is that- let's go the full yeah. fucking insanity. <laughs> 60 players all rocking about in mech suits. You don't need that level of insanity. Server crash. When people have... Uh, the ability to use super attacks oh, because it's a blend of i mean the, the developers are respawn and mm. those are the guys who broke off from treyarch i think it was or infinity ward i'm trying to remember who it was like this is like the big gaming drama like six years ago before they made titanfall and when they split to become their own studio it was the whole like hell's opening up drama yeah. of gaming at the time uh, i think you're right i think it was either activision treyarch or was it frostbite Frostbite's the engine used for Battlefield. So. Ah, right. Um, but they were they were like the core development team on one of the last great Call of Duties. Hmm. And the pedigree shows, I mean, not just with Titanfall being there, but like you can see where they've got like the kind of lineage from Call of Duty all hmm. the way through, like refining it to these smaller games and more uh, free moving games from like uh, the Titanfall series and then into this. This right. thing is buttery smooth. Like, nice. holy crap. 
<laughs> it's free I, as well, uh, isn't it? Yeah, free. Yeah. Free to play uh, in the truest sense of the word. And apparently making uh, EA a shit ton of money because of the microtransactions. Hmm. Yeah, there's um, yeah, lo- I think in, loot boxes and stuff. Yeah. But you didn't pay anything for the price at the door and you can unlock everything if you play long enough. Yeah, that's why I think I, that's why I don't agree with Fortnite. Fortnite's all just you can play as long you can get random drops or you can get loot boxes and pay for it. Now I'd, I'd rather earn it in game. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. You're, you're paying for currency to buy more of the drops, and they're all cosmetic. Mm. There's all weapons because of the way battle royale games work, where you drop in, you arrive, you grab your shit, and you get out and start killing people. That's you're never going to be able to pay for weapons, mm. but you can pay for the the skins you put in the weapons customizations of the characters and the characters are actually pretty like good there's different skills mm. i mostly play uh bangalore who's the soldier so i just i get smoke grenades so i can just projectile yeah. launch smoke into fights which is great yeah especially in a battle royale game yeah if you've got two teams like because you're always in teams of three unless somebody drops out mm. you have like two teams of three going at each other you wait like 30 seconds wait for them to start getting kind of in between each other you just launch smoke grenades and you run in with your guys and just tear both teams apart fuck them all up and my special power is to just orbital bombardment takes a while to detonate like i think they should maybe make that a bit faster but yeah i cover half a football field in missiles and you die if you're in that field nice so very nice i like it but yeah it's been a a good experience played it on pc it was okay uh the only problem is when you play first person shooters against pc people who are experienced with that game yeah it's yeah. not going to go well. Ass handed to you repeatedly yep. for several hours and you give up. <laughs> it's and not then, fun. Yeah. Uh, and then I played on Xbox with my brother who, as we've talked about before in this podcast, is a fucking monster. <laughs> it is unreal. I, I was like, oh, maybe it's just like he has a couple games to really good at. Now you just give him something and he figures it out and he's like, okay, I know what this <laughs> just does. Just now. give him a shooter and five minutes later it's like, I am the highest drunk you can be. Yeah. <laughs> I win. How'd you win it? This is like a never ending game. I win. <laughs> just, you gave me the game I played. That's how I win. Yeah. Um, but I, I played with him for a couple of First, I mean, he, was, he played on PlayStation 4 because he's got friends on PlayStation 4. Played first game with me on Xbox. 10 kills out of 64 players. It's pretty fucking good. Won the game. First time playing it. I was like, <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing this game anymore. Nope. We're, we're, we're done here. Goodbye. Um, it's time, it's time to put, turn the Xbox off and go home. We played for a couple of hours and... Uh, Xboxes get hot, yeah, especially with the, the older model there. Um, and I've actually like I've, I've turned it because normally I have like the, the tray facing me, but it's digital download, so yeah. I don't really need it. So I, I turned the thing so I could have maximum exposure for the the fans to like let the air in and out. Yeah, it needs it. Yeah, uh, I, I turned, should though, yeah. I, I should also say that I I know exactly where you're coming from. Uh, and in Scotland right now, we've been having a bit of a cold snap. Yeah, and we had snow not last weekend but the weekend before so about two weekends ago we had we had snow and we had pretty low temperatures yeah i was playing resident evil 2 on the xbox i could actually see thermal heat lines rising off my <laughs> xbox it was that fucking cold and i don't think it was because you know maybe i was playing the xbox a bit too long i just think this motherfucker generates so much heat and yeah. it was so cold in my room i could actually see thermal heat lines coming off it i, I don't know what you mean because I, I had that thing sitting there and we played for a couple hours i turned it off and I left it, and half an hour later I came back, I was like, that's still warm. Yeah. Like, not hot. Like, it's not as hot as it was when it was running, but because I, I tested it, I was like, 
I wonder how it's doing. Like, we've been playing for about five hours at this point. Put my hand over, I was like, oh shit, yeah. we're stopping in an hour at most. Yeah. At best, I have an hour left on this Xbox, we are fucked. Came back half an hour later, I'm like, that shit's still That's weird. still warm, yeah. I think it needs an idle mode where you can, like, it'll still kind of circle the fans if it needs it, but, like, it's powered off and it needs, to, it just needs to vent heat a bit. Because if it yeah. just goes it, passive, I think you might have a danger of actually damaging something. Well, what I do on mine is I put it on a sort of low power settings, so it's never really off. Oh, right, yeah. So it just means I can, you know, set something and download, turn the Xbox off using the actual settings, and it'll, do, it'll still stay connected to the internet, it'll stay on low power mode, almost like it's on standby constantly. Oh, right, yeah. It's probably not cheap. <laughs> uh, I don't think it, I think it affects your I don't think it drains that much yeah I can't see it spend, uh, being that big a waste to boost your startup as well yeah it's, my Xbox has always started up very quickly because uh, that's what caught me was the morning afterwards I came back turned it on and it was just stuck in the Xbox loading screen for like 5 minutes yeah I left it walked away came back was it. I'm going to restart it but if this isn't working I need to Google how to replace an Xbox One hard drive because <laughs> yeah. that's probably what's gone. But actually, not that hard. I've actually got most of the gear here. We need to do it. Yeah, it's not. not it's not difficult. Yeah. If I if I think right, there's just one panel at the top of the Xbox that you need to pop off, and it's just a case of sliding there's a, a couple tab. there. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, considering I took the hard drive on my laptop hmm. compared to the Xbox compared to that, I'd do that any day. <laughs> so I might be giving it a go. I don't know if I want to put a big hard drive in there, like a big yeah, something that's going to chew up or. Generate more power, generate more heat, or need more power and generate more heat. Well, I would go SSD. Go yeah. SSD for the fuck. That's what I want. It's a fast loading times. Yeah, I think you can put SSDs in PS4s and Xbox ones. Uh you can. Um, I've seen a couple of tutorials. Like, yeah, you can make it work. You got to make sure it's formatted right. Yeah, and you've got to either choose like five twelve, one terabyte, or two terabyte. Mm. If you choose anything outside of that, you've got to like the, the disc formats into either five hundred, one terabyte, or two terabyte. You get it wrong, you're wasting like half your hard drive. Yeah, you need so, to do it right. So, we'll see. If it has a couple more issues, because, I mean, that thing was Fallout 70, not Fallout 76, Fallout 4 came out when I got that. That was what, 11 11? When was that? No, because Skyrim was 11 11 11. Yeah. Yeah. Skyrim so. was PS3 360. Yeah. I think you might have got the Xbox One because you had the, you had the Xbox One way before I did. I think you had it about a year before I did, and I got my Xbox three years ago. Hmm. Because that makes me think. Wait a minute. I think I was here, like I was living here mm. when I got it because I got it delivered to a place near work, so I could walk, get it. No, wait. We we're up and I was back at my parents' house, so yeah, mm. it would be about four years ago. Yeah. So four years on the Xbox, mm, not the worst. Yeah, and you, yours was brand new. I'm, yeah. I'm amazed my Xbox has lasted that long because I know for, my, my parents bought me it. Oh. I know for a fact it was secondhand. The thing yeah. still works brilliantly. I do not you know, grudge the fact that they bought me it secondhand. Still works. But I know for, I think I might need to look to replace that fairly soon because I replaced the PS4 because it sounded like at some point it was just going to take off. Yeah. It was way too fucking loud. But um, I'm still keeping that one. I'm... I know someone that is willing to take a look at it for me. Okay. If they can repair it, fine. Got two PlayStations in the house. But at the same time, I just kind of want to know what happened so that I can try and prevent it with the new PlayStation. Yeah. Even if it's just a case of you need to put it in a place where it can get more ventilation, happy with that. Yeah. Because I hate that loud fucking noise whenever, like... It's See, my I think PlayStation 4, you've got like a... Not like a PS4 Slim, but you've got the original chunky PS4. Yeah, I had the original chunky PS4. I now have the new Slim 
model. Okay. Just because my brother's chunky PS4, if you just use it a lot, yeah, like they just do that. Yeah, it's just regular wear and tear. It's because I think it might be because they have to power so much internally. Yeah. There's no external power pack or anything like that. I think it's just trying to keep up with the heat of that and it's trying to vent that constantly. Which makes me interested to see my brother got the, the new new the Xbox One S. Yeah, that's got the doesn't have the external power pack anymore, yeah, does it? Yeah, I wanna see what that's like. I'm yeah. waiting to see what his is like, like a month down. He's able to use it way more than I will. Yeah. So I want to see what would happen if he was to run that as hard as he runs his previous Xbox, which he made per, like completely brick. I'm like, holy crap, how did you do that? They're yeah. not supposed to do that anymore. He was like, Dunno, just played it just played video games. It's it's definitely how how many issues that they can have surrounding sort of just general sort of loudness on the on the machine and how it can just overheat and shut down now has genuinely limited how much time I spend on my consoles now. Yeah. Because I remember I I think what led to the my original PS4 just packing in was the fact that or a couple of reasons it led to packing in was the fact that I didn't really put it in a well ventilated area. It was kinda of, all the vents were kind of flat up against the wall. Ooh, just because of storage space and like with yeah. the way I set my room. But I've moved it now so there's like nothing obstructing the fans and there's space in between in between the three consoles. Yeah. But I think what led to the downfall of the original PS4 is I would play Monster Hunter for like twelve hours at a time if, if I didn't have a day like on average. If I didn't have a day or if I, if I had a day free, I didn't have any work or anything to do, I would just start at about, you know, nine in the morning and just go straight through. I yeah. just I just keep playing and that is not good, especially on a modern console where it can generate so much heat. Yeah. I think you genuinely need to look at it and limit yourself to say maybe five hours maximum. Yeah. You're in danger of frying components. Yeah, and, and the it's just they're really, really expensive. Yeah. The thing that tells it for me is the fact that when I got my PC I took it home or opened up, took a look at it, and realized that my power pack had its own air supply. And I was like, hmm. That's interesting. Didn't even think about that. I know there's fans at the back, but I assumed that was for just general ventilation. Didn't notice that it was actually just like a, a fan attached to my PC at some point. Mm. So, hmm, just for the power supply, you say. Hmm, how much is that generating? You can feel it. You put yeah. your hand against it. You're like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> and that's why I keep it away from my feet, because fuck that noise. Yeah. It's, it's something that is just ridiculous. Like, the more... The closer we get towards the big, powerful PC that we've always dreamed of, the more we have to worry about, oh, this could burn a hole in my carpet, or this could burn <laughs> a hole into the next room. I actually got, a, like, a wheel little cassette thing to just sit it on, hmm. so I could wheel it a bit, and also just to lift it off the ground. Yeah. Because I was tempted to just put it down on the ground and just use more of the desk space. I think I wanted to get that table back as well, because I had my, my PC on that table for a yeah. long time, and I was like, ah, it's kind of shaky and a piece of shit, so I'm going to Yeah, just... it's one of, for the, obviously... Yeah. Uh, for what Colin's talking about here is a little sort of folding art table type thing yeah so yeah you can imagine big heavy PC on top of that at some point you're risking you know knocking the whole thing down I'm risking not having a PC anymore yeah. having a big hole in the downstairs neighbour's roof to pay for yeah so I was thinking to myself I'll get it on like one of the little cassettes yeah the shipping on those is fantastic it came in a box like a third of its size I don't know how they fuck they fit <laughs> it in there but it, you look at it you go that's genius yeah they'll just fold the halves of it and just like twist them so it forms like a cube and then put the wheels in the middle it's nice, like, dude. That's so simple, but fucking genius at the same time. I would never have packed it like this. It's like in a. You ever heard of a? It's a mattress company in America called Casper. Yeah, I hear about them a lot. Uh, I get. I listen to quite a lot of podcasts. They do quite a lot of sponsorships. But I have a, a friend who is from the states in my uni class, 
and she was talking about at home she has a Casper mattress and she showed mm. me the box that it came in. I was like, that mattress should not fit in there. Yeah. They are wizards over at Casper and how they get that. I feel like I'm about to go into a fucking ad spot or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> now, if you use the promo code uh, jibberpish20, you can get 20% off your order. You would not believe how they fit all that in there. Just like your mother. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just like how I waxed that ass. <laughs> Stuffed it all in. Yeah. But no, the, the, yeah. the thing with that is they just suck out all the air. Yeah, it's just vacuum packing. Yeah, then you open it up and it's like, oh crap, how did that get in there? I can't remember. I think it was one that one of the guys from Moose Teeth, I think it was Miles, said they tried to set one up and like didn't expect how quickly it would expand and got like hit with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like instant, it's just like pop, it's open. Just like, you just got like punched in the chest by it. Like, Holy shit. What the fuck? That's, <laughs> That's not awesome. meant to happen. <laughs> That should be the advert. I got punched in the chest by a mattress. Do you want to be punched in the chest by a mattress? What are you, a pussy? Come on. <laughs> Use promo code Funhouse and get... <laughs> Smacked in the chest. <laughs> Try the man test for free. <laughs> or for a 25% discount, I guess. Yeah, You just checked your notes. You, uh, you've got something. No, I was just saying to see if I had, uh, what else I had to talk about. I do have... Sell mattresses, check. <laughs> yeah, just we spoke about Casper. Sponsor us. Cha-ching. Just... <laughs> Nah, I've, I looked into the, just to satiate my own curiosity. I looked in the looked into the numbers that you need to be pulling for sponsors to even be looking at you. Scary, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty scary. But no, that's 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 the ultimate goal. <laughs> get sponsors for the show. <laughs> that's the ultimate goal. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Although I get some, even if it's just some like this is this is a weird woman. She makes fudge. She sponsors us for two thousand two thousand pounds an episode. We are going to do the sponsor spot. <laughs> 2000 an episode yeah we're doing that spot yeah <laughs> just even if it's just she makes it out of dead cats <laughs> Cra- crazy annies crazy toffees <laughs> crazy cat uh, ladies crazy dead cat toffees <laughs> they're on they're in the shape of the cat that came from <laughs> <laughs> this one was run over by a car she's got a big road tire sign now announcing the new mittens line <laughs> oh no <laughs> so i don't want to see where this is going but um, i sent you a message uh, through the week after i watched venom Oh, right, yeah. And you were perplexed at the lack of both Spider-Man and the lack of New York. I think more so at the lack of New York. I mean, New York's pretty you know, important Integral, yeah. 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 Spider-Man, yeah, you know. Yeah, he's had enough movies. Yeah, he's had enough. But what, going Could in, you imagine that in the Venom movie, you see Uncle Ben being shot in the background? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so fucking mad I'd leave. <laughs> Fuck this. You say, Uncle Ben, no! <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to think who would they get to play Uncle Ben since they got Marissa Tomei to play May in the new one uh, they're kind of going younger so who would Uncle Ben be well Uncle Ben in the Amazing Spider-Man was a uh, Martin Sheen right so would they go Charlie Sheen for Uncle Ben this time for some reason my head instantly went to the guy that plays Phil in Modern Family I don't know why I think he'd actually it'd be hilarious to just see him if like yeah. if you try to do the age thing i think that'd be about right <laughs> i'd watch that that'd be pretty funny yeah it'd be it would add a new element to yeah spider-man but yeah uh, i was confused as to how they were going to do venom just on the whole because venom is the most powerful symbiote in existence because of the powers they absorbed from spider-man he absorbed the super strength he absorbed the the organic webbing the sense the kind of the you know the grip on the walls type thing but in this one there's none of that and he's still just as powerful if not more powerful, because he's got a bit more versatility about him, the different weapons and shit that he can make. Hmm. But they they do it quite well, and the the character of Venom itself is actually pretty fun. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a bit of an asshole towards Eddie Brock, but he's a symbiote living off 
uh, living off the lifeblood of Eddie Brock. He's how does meant this, to be a bit of an asshole. How does this fit into... Um, is it tied at all to MCU? No. I no. think it exists as a separate entity, but I think the people that own Venom, or the people that made Venom over at Sony are trying to push him in to the MCU. Because why not? But they want to do an R-rated version. Uh, they want to do an R-rated Venom in Venom 2. Okay. And MCU are just going, no, 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 no. We even though they that one in. Even though the Black Widow movie is going to be our raid. Ooh. Which I am fucking down for. Nice. I'm just because I want to see... You've, you get the sense that uh, Natasha Romanoff is meant to be the toughest assassin of in existence at the time. Yeah. But you never really get to see how brutal an assassin could be. Yeah, I think there could be a good thing of her being stuck behind enemy lines again. Okay, I guess I'm going to leave now and just having to batter her way out Yeah, the just have door. to snap necks on the way along to... Yeah. The safe zone, so I think it'd be pretty cool, but uh, yeah, apparently they don't want an R-rated Venom in the MCU. Personally, I think it'd be pretty cool, but it would be weird having an R-rated Venom next to Tom Holland, who is just, you know, <laughs> a human fucking rainbow. Like, yeah, okay, he's, he's Spider-Man. He's meant to be happy and jolly, but let's introduce darkness itself in Venom. <laughs> You'd watch it though, just to see yeah. like Tom Holland go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I'd watch it. I'd watch it for two reasons. If they introduced Venom into the sort of MCU, I'd I'd watch it to see how they handled Venom going to Spider Man, and then, then jumping to Eddie Brock, then jumping back to Eddie Brock. And I'd also watch it to see the inevitable fight between symbiote Spider Man and Iron Man, because Tony Stark always has to show up in some fucking capacity in a Spider Man movie because yeah. of contracts and the sort. Uh, or we have people like Iron Man hears Spider Man is. Spider-Man's getting a bit unhinged. And he's like, what the fuck? He goes to investigate, but he's too late. Venom's already jumped. Eddie, so he take he take all the powers out of Spider-Man, or Symbiote absorbs some of the powers of Spider-Man into the brutalness of Eddie Brock, who like gains the Symbiote back for some reason. And then those two fight it out. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And you just have Spider-Man lay on the ground. And you're like, so then you have like, it's, you wouldn't have to have the inevitable scene where it's like, Venom being like, let's kill him, let's like tear his throat out or something, and then like Spider Man's just like, but no, he's our friend. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty <laughs> I cool have just to fight back from the inside. Yeah. <sighs> I think it'd be pretty cool just to see Spider Man, who is infinitely stronger than Iron Man, just start tearing, just start into like it. ripping the suit off and just going for Tony. Yeah. Then obviously you'd have that moment where Peter just looks down and sees that it's actually Tony. He goes, "Oh, I can't help him. He's my mentor." Then you have the the suit tearing scene. Yeah. But yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool if they handled it well. But I mean, that's, that's just like geek casting our perfect movie. Like, yeah, this would work yeah. really well, and you you know that everybody who looks at it goes, I mean, yeah, but I'm not risking it. <laughs> yeah, all it takes is one scene to come across as just weird, and then we just have a shitty weird movie. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, speaking of casting, uh, uh, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock works pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, he gets the whole the whole point behind Eddie Brock is he's meant to be a bit of an asshole anyway. Yeah. He's meant to be. Like, He's meant to be this kind of hard-nosed reporter that's just going to do whatever he needs to do to get his scoop or get his news. And he, he gets that across. He goes, he basically pisses off one of the most powerful people in San Francisco at the time. Yeah. And he basically just blackballs him across the board. And like, you don't work anymore. You can't get a job. You can't do this. Or your girlfriend, she's now lost her job as well. He just completely fucks over Eddie Brock at the, at the kind of molecular level. How, and, how, what's it like seeing it in San Francisco? That's so weird. That was the thing that got me. I was like, really? Yeah. San, of all the places, San Francisco? Yeah, I have no idea why. I think the reason why they put it in San Francisco is because at one time in the comics, uh, Eddie Brock basically ran out of New York. Okay. He's at the the Daily 
not the Daily Bugle. I think it might be the Daily Globe. Uh, dangerously close to the Daily Planet. <laughs> that's the other guys. But it's, I think it might be it's either the Daily Globe or the Daily something, whatever it is. Uh, he goes to work for them in San Francisco, but the editor there just kind of says, no, you were involved in that shit, I don't want you anymore. And then he does a whole bunch of other things. But they're basically kind of using that plot point from the comic books that he flees to San Francisco to start the new job. Okay. And they're kind of using that as a basis to establish why he's in San Francisco. And then they use the Life Foundation, which I think is based in San Francisco anyway, so they can, it works. And the Life Foundation is all about, you know, advancing humans, trying to grow the... Like, grow past Earth. Like, let's make better people with no possible side effects. Yeah. What did you say? Nothing. Just <laughs> let's, uh, human, humanity needs a little extra something. Let's make them, let's combine them with flesh-eating viruses. Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, flesh-eating puppy. I mean, puppies. <laughs> you gotta stop adding with flesh-eating to stuff. I oh, know, sorry. It's just the final, put down this flesh-eating cola. <laughs> it's not yeah. what that is. <laughs> it's just cola. <laughs> Why do you put flesh-eating in front of everything? That's not our brand. We're trying to save humanity. Flesh-eating humanity. Flesh-eating humanity. <laughs> well, yeah. Flesh-eating humanity, yeah. And any, any kind of capacity. Yeah. Yeah, but um, the main enemy of the movie is a symbiote called Riot. Okay. Who's one of the five symbiotes that, in the comic books, this is, uh, he's one of the five symbiotes whose names completely escape me with the exception of Riot, who were created when the Life Foundation gets a hold of Venom and they basically just start poking and prodding and they've, basically like gizmo from gremlins okay. they find how to make it reproduce they right. just pour water on venom and little venoms pop <laughs> that's they, legit yeah they, they basically make five other symbiotes like children of venom and they all can they'll basically have some kind of facet of venom's power okay that's what it was in comic books and this one it's just these are five other symbiotes that came from the same planet as venom and now we're trying to find strong hosts so that they can go back to their home planet and bring more symbiotes back down to Earth and basically take over the whole planet. Makes sense. But Venom, he's he's a weaker symbiote. He just wants to go to Earth and rule us. He, he wants to take over Earth, but he knows if the other symbiotes get in his way, he's not going to be able to do that, and that's where Eddie Brock comes in. All right. It's, all in all, it's a safe story. They could have went in a different direction, but ultimately it works. The dynamic between Eddie and Venom, it works as well. Uh, the other character, I think her name is An Wei Ying, you think she was Asian, but no. She's a... I think she might be a San Francisco native. A good character in the comic books. The actress that plays her does a pretty damn good job. But ultimately, it wasn't really a totally memorable character. All the side characters in this aren't really memorable. You yeah. remember... Uh, Carlton Drake, who's the main bad guy, and you remember Eddie Brock. Yeah. All the other characters, she's like, oh, cool. Well, to be fair, they won't be there in the next movie when he yeah. goes back to <laughs> yeah. New York, so... Yeah, I think because they did set that up, that he was going back to New York. They set up uh, Cletus Cassidy as Carnage. Mm-hmm. That's good. Played by uh, Woody Harrelson. That's very good. With a stupid as fuck Ronald McDonald red wig on. Because you know he, he's a bald man. Yeah. They give him this weird, just mental red hair wig. It's very comics accurate, but it looks fucking stupid. <laughs> I know what he looks like without the wig. This is weird. Yeah, this is ridiculous. But then again, it's still Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. You're like, dude's going to take this in a fucking awesome direction. Yeah. It'd be cool to see. Actually, Woody Harrelson. Did you see that Zombieland 2 teaser? I did not. I heard that Zombieland 2 has been in the pipeline for years. Yeah, they uh, they went for the whole the 10-year challenge thing. Like, oh shit, it's been 10 years since Zombieland. Oh, fuck. Still yeah. a great movie. 
still a great movie. But yeah. uh, did we get another one? I'm down for it. Yeah, I'm down for it as well. More, uh, who was in that movie? It was obviously Woody, Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, that fucker. And then the, the, the little one, who is now not so little, like she's almost as taller than Jesse yeah. Eisenberg. She grew, she grew the hell up. Now she's like, oh, right, you were a child actor three days ago. What the fuck happened here? Good to see you've not done too much cocaine. Let's go shoot a movie. Yeah, let's go make a movie, yeah. Yeah, but I think that might be the new winner of the 10 years challenge, Zombieland 2. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all down for seeing that. I mean, I'd rather see Zombieland 2 as opposed to the next Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, they're going back. They're going back to the Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Obviously, Howard Ramis isn't going to be there anymore. Yeah. Which I think they could do well. If they replace him with the right character. You could find another right comedy actor. legend who would fit in. Yeah. Howard Ramis, if they get uh, the guy that played Zedmore, he's probably going to be down for it again because I'm going to hazard a guess he's not had much on since Ghostbusters. <laughs> he's, he's a voice actor now from what I know. He's good voice actor. Busy. Yeah, he's probably he's probably keeping himself busy. But uh, he was in Dragon Ball Evolution. All right, what was? Oh, right. He was one of the priests. That uh, I actually bid my desk for that. I'm pretty happy. I've never good. seen it. Uh, someone I've, I've bought it for me. Evil. Someone bought it for me and said, "Oh, you need to watch it. It's great." I'm like, "Excuse me." <laughs> At what point, when you walked into where I sleep and seen my Dragon Ball poster, my Dragon Ball DVDs, my Dragon Ball Fighters, my Vegeta <laughs> pop vinyl, and thought, oh, "Dom will like Dragon Ball Evolution." What the fuck is wrong with you? Is this a normie by any chance? It was a normie, yeah. Yeah. Don't they, get anime. They just see the word Dragon Ball and like that's the oh, thing. Oh, they'll like this. Like, oh, great. So I watched it, and there's a bit where they go to a shrine to get the pot for the Mafuba. Mm-hmm. And it's the guy that played uh, Winston in Ghostbusters. Oh, the guy no. that played Zedmore. I'm like, okay. I mean, you're a good actor. I've seen, I've heard your voice in a few things like Transformers and what have you. You're a good voice actor, but I don't think I can let you away with Dragon Ball Evolution. Have you seen um, Dan Aykroyd? Reminded me of you know John Tron. Yeah, I watched the John Tron Crystal Head vodka thing. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's not a sane man. He's not okay. He's <laughs> just... You okay there? Did John Belushi's death hit you? <laughs> you only just now dealing with John Belushi's death, or is it Jim Belushi? Jim Belushi. Jim Belushi. No, yeah. it was John Belushi. John Belushi was the the OG. All right, yeah. But yeah, I just I, I saw that video. I was like, holy shit! It's yeah. almost as weird as um. I don't know if he's gotten around to watching Joe Rogan interviewing Travis Barker. I was listening to that on the bus home today, but the app that I'm using to for podcasts crapped out on me. So I've downloaded the episodes to listen to. Right. Then as soon as I've connected to the internet, it's just wiped it again. So I've had to re-download them. What do you use? I just use the podcast app. Oh. I think it might be the iTunes mm. or the Apple variant. But regardless, there's no native Android one on my phone anyway. Podbean. Yeah, Podbean. That's why, that's why we post there because it's not a shitty service. Yeah, really good service. Sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Dom, you're starting to whore us out a lot here. <laughs> we need to be whored out. <laughs> Out, motherfucker. That's the episode title. <laughs> we need to be hoard. We need to be hoard out. Uh, so, <laughs> so now that we've established an episode title, the um, I was gonna say just because of like weird stories of Dan Aykroyd and his weird like elementally infused vodka. Yeah, and the, the actual ethos, not the ethos, like the myth behind the crystal skulls themselves. I was like, holy shit! Um, apparently, it was a t- uh, Joe Rogan talked to Travis Barker brings up the fact that um, uh, singer what's his name? Fuck. Um, from Blink-22? Yeah. Tom DeLonge? Yeah. Tom left to go hunt aliens. Okay. <laughs> and apparently, like, it's not a joke. He's not doing this for a bit. 
he has been obsessed with aliens and extraterrestrial life since the band began and has now just decided, I've got enough money. I'm going to go and do that. Fuck it. <laughs> Time to eat myself out the door and go hunt me some aliens. <laughs> Where's those grey motherfuckers with the big eyes? I'm going to find them. And you're like, yeah. I mean, congrats. Yeah, I mean, right. if you're now at that level of bank... Yeah. Where you can just go, fuck it, I'm going to burn stacks on finding extraterrestrials. Good on you. For all your weird and creepy passion. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I just heard that and I was like, dude, that guy made some like decent pop punk music yeah. back in the day. Why is he a lunatic now? Yeah, what happened to him? Yeah. I, I'm now worried for the guy in Bowling for Soup. What's you he doing? Be. Have you seen the size of that guy? Yeah, his tour is actually we're fatter. His the tour, the the current tour for Bowling for Soup is something along the lines of, yeah, we're fatter than we used to be. Tour. That's terrifying. Yeah, because because I saw the. Um, I'm pretty uh, sure it's something like Bowling for Soup. The we're fatter than we're used to be. Tour. That's should you be advertising that? Because the bassist was always big. Yeah, but if now the lead singer is looking no, kind of like the bassist, no, chunky. Extra chunky. Extra chunky. It was watching was download footage mm. or something like that. And you're like, whoa, what happened? Like, Up to you. It, it, you know, the thing like, oh, your metabolism catches up to you? Like, all of everyone's metabolism caught up to one guy. Yeah. And you just kind of inflated out. And you're like, dude, that's sad. It's just kind of like when you see Fred Durst. <laughs> 90s Fred Durst. And you see now Fred Durst. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Fred Durst without, like, a hoodie on. You're like, you're a big dude. <laughs> That's, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, speaking of Ghostbusters, actually, have, have you ever watched the 2016 uh, female Ghostbusters? Nah. I, I did. I watched it uh, not too long ago when I was around, at, uh, around visiting family. Um, I don't know how you can take four of the funniest women on the planet and put out that piece of shit. I'd heard that. Because like, you've got Kate McKinnon. Said, incredibly talented like people on the screen. Yeah. Doing nothing worth a laugh. Yeah, you've got Kate McKinnon, fucking hysterical. Melissa McCarthy, great actress, hysterical as well. Yeah. Kristen Wiig, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And you've also got Leslie Jones. Four of the funniest motherfuckers. Like they're geniuses on SNL. They've done other voice work, other act, like other pieces where they've been acting. Funny as hell. Then you've got other sort of cameos. You've got Sigourney Weaver. You've got Bill Murray. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. If you can somehow take that those seven people and pump out a boring film like that yeah. 2016 Ghostbusters deserves all the shit it gets thrown at it but not for the reasons that people think the so cast is great but the movie's boring as hell is it worth it to see it as a study it's worth to see it it's worth to watch it's worth a watch just to see what happens when you get a great cast but a poor script okay because you can tell this thing Started off as a, like, we're going to do this thing with it then, because we've got these people, then realised that the funny that you get from them only really works if they write for themselves. Because they took four women who've been on SNL, uh, for those of you who don't know, Saturday Night Live is a huge sort of sketch comedy thing in America. Uh, you take four women who are hugely successful on Saturday Night Live, then give them this subpar script, then it's just, of course they're not going to be funny because they've not, you know, had a chance to do what they usually do with it. Yeah, they've not workshopped it. They've just yeah. been given a script and said, go make this funny. Yeah, go make this funny. It's like no amount of Kate McKinnon's like weird, awkward, kind of dry comedy is going to help that at all. Hmm. It's just, I, I'd heard it was bad, but I was like, yeah. I don't know if it's actually bad and then got to see reviews for it. And when you see like the critics' reviews are also very, very bad, you're like, 
oh yeah. wow it's not just public opinion it's yeah somebody it, looking at this and saying no yeah under no circumstances believe for a second that i'm saying oh it's a bad movie because it's an all-female ghostbusters it's just a bad movie i, yeah. I was rooting for them because i wanted to be like right this could be cool you've got four like really talented people you've got a semi well-known uh, director behind it you've got a good pedigree to build on ghostbusters one was great ghostbusters two was i like it yeah <laughs> it, it becomes a thing of why not like, yeah why not give it a shot why not give it a shot you just you back the wrong person like take that same cast and give it to an accomplished director and i guarantee you'll get 10 times as funny but yeah uh, i would not recommend ghostbusters <laughs> ghostbusters 2016 so i'm hoping ghostbusters 2019 or no probably i think we'll probably call it ghostbusters 3 just to kind of you know elbow ghostbusters 2016 out of the way yeah. i did see something, somebody was complaining that um the, the the fact that they were going back to a male cast was horrifically like misogynistic yeah. oh, i can't believe you're just taking this opportunity away from women i'm like your movie didn't work i'm yeah, sorry like no producer yeah. no executive producer is going to say i'll stump up the cash for another go at a pretty badly received movie yeah i mean in all fairness if they decide to take one of the female ghostbusters and put her in the role of harold ramus's character and just say oh this is egon's daughter fine with that yeah i'm okay with that 100 percent if it's if it's Moss McCarthy, I don't care who it is, like any of the four from uh, the female cast, put them into the male one, just say, oh, this is Egon's daughter. Cool with that. Yeah. Because I guarantee you've got Dan Aykroyd writing, you've got Bill Murray writing it. Comedic geniuses right there. Dan Aykroyd's maybe going a bit weird. Yeah. But, <laughs> but he, he can still put out the yuck yucks, you know. Yeah, I guarantee still- at some point, He's going to promote Crystal Head Vodka throughout the movie. He's going to be looking through all his occult paraphernalia or all his occult texts. He's going to be pulling books in and go, oh, this Crystal Head, where did I get that from? Crystalheadvodka.com. <laughs> huh. What a, what a weird thing. It says crystalheadvodka.com on the bottom of this crystal skull. Who made this pure and clear drink? <laughs> Daniel Aykroyd. Crystalheadvodka.com. <laughs> he just picks it up and says, hmm, it's not, I can see the light coming through this. Because it's been triple filtered and then puts it back triple through diamonds. Through the diamonds. <laughs> what is he keep saying? That there's no way. Uh, he puts his hat on something because he keeps coming back to it multiple times throughout the read. He said, we, we do not put any additives. We put no preservatives. We put no like aspartame or something like that. There's none of these different ingredients in there. Why Why would you put aspartame in I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying that as an example. But yeah. he keeps coming back to We do not put this in our vodka. We do not put that in our vodka. A lot of people do put that in it. Did you know that our vodka is was voted one of the best vodkas? It was voted one of the best vodkas in our Russian vodka competition. Uh, yeah. But like, then you look on the website, yeah. he does not sell this this uh, vodka in Russia at all. It's nowhere near either. Like, the nearest like he gets is like Ukraine or something. It's, I'm pretty sure it's not even the same country. You have to go several thousand miles in another direction <laughs> to get the vodka. How can you How can you say that Russian people love it if you don't fucking sell it in Russia? <laughs> Strange man. <laughs> Creepy bastard. <laughs> Strange dude. And yeah, this guy's making Ghostbusters 3. Here we go. Yep. Here comes crazy old Uncle Ackroyd. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I guess it'd be nice to see Bill, Bill Murray again. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him doing something that's not just a parody of himself. Because I genuinely think the last time I seen him, apart from in Ghostbusters 2016, where he played a parody of himself in Ghostbusters. Was in Zombieland. Was in Zombieland playing a parody, a parody of himself. Of himself. Is this yeah. what Bill Murray does now? At a certain point, does he need to do anything else? I mean, how much money does that guy yeah. have? The guy's got SNL money. The guy's got 
shit tons of comedy credits to his name. I don't think he needs to make any money. I mean, if Dan Aykroyd has enough money to make a diamond filtered vodka company, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's cheap diamonds, but yeah. Then again, uh, Bill Murray every year, I think, on a certain network in America, just does a Bill Murray Christmas, and he gets yeah. every single famous motherfucker on there. He gets paid stacks for that. And I'm pretty sure at a certain point they're like, there must be residuals from movies. Yeah. Like, it's the thing with, like, Chevy Chase. How much does he make from residuals? Yeah, National Lampoon must be just paying him fortunes. Just, like, handing out $100 bills, like, fuck it. (laughs) We got Chevy Chase. Got that fuck it money. Yeah. (laughs) Although, speaking of Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, apparently on Saturday Night Live, they two had to be separated. Like, they would not work in the same rooms each other. I hear a lot of bad stories about Chevy Chase, and it often involves him being separated from other people. Yeah, apparently he does not play well with others. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, his whole thing with Dan Harmon was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. It wasn't like what he was going through, like making people do on community. Hmm. Like, oh, come on, rewrite the script so I'm funny. Or like leaving angry voicemails all the time. You're like, dude, you're a grown ass man. <laughs> what is, like, not even just a grown ass man, like an old grown ass man. Yeah, you like, grown ass man. <laughs> I, I never understand that kind of weird mentality of like, well, everyone now just bend to my will. <laughs> chop, chop. Yeah. I can imagine he's the opposite of Larry David. Larry David does all that for effect. Then he'll eventually just get on with it. Chevy Chase actually just means it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of Larry David for a while either. Every now and again I watch an episode of Kirby and Thesa, I'm like, this is genius. Yeah. You can tell at some point him and Jerry Seinfeld just worked on shit and that became the most viewed thing of all time. Yeah. I mean, Larry David wrote the first four seasons of Seinfeld before mm. he wanted to do something by himself. I'd, I'd say I'm definitely due to watch Seinfeld at some point. He's actually touring. He's coming to Glasgow and I'm genuinely tempted to get tickets. Ooh. Jerry Seinfeld doing a, a stand-up. Fucking brilliant. I'd do that. Did see Ray Romano's got a, a comedy special. Yeah. It's weird Around to the see corner. the guy from Everybody Loves Raymond doing stand-up. Apparently, he was fucking great. Back in the day. Fantastic. Back in the day. But yeah. now he's just kind of Ray from TV. So Yeah, now he's Ray Romano from television, not Ray Romano from the stand up circuit. And he's got that stand up or he's got that uh syndicated TV money. So Yeah. I mean they've still shown that in the UK where there's like Yeah, early morning TV. Early morning TV was always on. And you're like, who's watching the show about a guy from like the outskirts? Queens or something like that. Yeah. I think it was uh Long Island? Long Island, because Queens had King of Queens. Yeah, and that's that is still getting shown. That is the only oh, reason uh, Jerry's still are still getting money. Yeah, but if, if he's even still alive, that's the only reason he's still getting money. I'm now worried. I need to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a risky click. Yeah, it, I don't want to see Maury Ballstein from <laughs> from Zoolander <laughs> passed away. Who was the? There was something I had that was like, oh, I need to like quickly mention this. I think it might have been movie related as well. Movie related? So, oh, I need to tell us. Um, it was that. Pad- oh, yeah. Um, there's been, obviously, the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has been yeah. without a director because Jameson got fired for creepy ass tweets or whatever. Isn't it a joint directorial effort now? Well, Taika Waititi and James Gunn? Taika Waititi's not involved. He's not involved? No. Is he, is he gone? He's busy. He'd probably be busy because they must be filming now. In order to get it out. They must be filming now. Yeah. He's releasing, or he's working on uh, What We Do in the Shadows TV show. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that movie? It's, I've only just recently renewed my Amazon Prime, so I'll probably get to watching it soon. Do it. It's good. It's not like cutting edge comedy. Yeah. It's, it's still Taika really Waititi comedy. Yeah. 
it's yeah. really weird fun comedy that you're like huh wonder yeah. what he's gonna do with this and you have no idea until it gets yeah. to the end if anyone ever wants to if anyone asks me what's a good Taika Waititi film to watch I'll never point at my Thor Ragnarok because yeah. it's not a Taika Waititi film it's, it's a, close it's close but it's a Marvel movie that Taika Waititi made yeah you want to watch a Taika Waititi film you watch Hunt for the Wilder People yeah that's just a great movie through and through I'd say that's more polished than what we do in the shadows because that, yeah. that's got a definite cinematic style to do with the fact yeah. that they're just out in the wilderness mm-hmm. like you need to, you can't just like do weird stuff in the wilderness you have to have like a, a purpose and like a vision you've you only got like so many days you get to like so many hours you can film mm-hmm. especially with a kid actor out in the wilderness there must be so much like you have like four hours to shoot start now like you have to go at it yeah. in a very certain style the what we do in the shadows is very kind of almost like college film style like you yeah. can just do what you want it doesn't fucking matter yeah because nobody's gonna stop you You're just out and about filming with your mates it's got that kind of vibe to it but at the same time it's really good like it's nice. got good production value yeah, it's quite it's a big cast as feel, well yeah it's quite a decent cast it's like jermaine clement aye from flight of the concords yeah yeah because somebody's like oh it's the flight of the concords we were like i don't know who those people are i'm sorry yeah, i think it's got one of them but i don't think it's got the other guy because I'm pretty sure at the point where they were filming what we do in the shadows, they were probably making a Hobbit movie. I know for a fact the guy, the other guy, uh, Brett, he was in all three Hobbit movies. So, all right, what was he? Was he, was he, just an, he was just an elf. Okay, but he was like Elrond's <laughs> left hand man. I mean, you get a chance to be in Middle Earth, you yeah. get to kind of shoot your shot at that one. Yeah, you're in New Zealand at some point. And you need to figure out: Do you want to film a weird? experimental vampire movie or weird experimental vampire movie the lord of the rings i yeah. mean one of those affects your gdp for the entire country at this yeah point. <laughs> one of you makes one of you could make you a rich man another one could make you the most rich man in new zealand i wonder what percentage of people from new zealand that have worked on the hobbit films or the lord of the rings or any of it i know for a fact and uh to make hobbiton they they basically had to hire construction workers from about three or four different places in New Zealand. Yeah. Just say, right, we don't have enough people to work on it in this town, so we're going to, you know, go to different areas and just say, right, we but, need to hire you to build a whole shit ton of houses. How many extras as orcs were here in Menegonda? Like, how many people yeah. have been hired by the Lord of the Rings? It, obviously, it will affect the GDP just from tourism alone. Yeah. But at a certain point, like, the actual production of those movies probably has hired a percentage yeah it probably boosted the New Zealanders probably boosted the overall kind of economy in uh, New Zealand just a lot of people like people that are working in there they're going to have to go someplace to sleep eat whatever yeah I I, I, the thing that right now there's a lot of money in those movies I I know some of it went back to New Zealand yeah I probably see quite a bit of it yeah so uh, you were saying that who's who's directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3? Because I know it's not James Gunn. I don't know. They've just said it's not James Gunn. It's not Taika Waititi. So. It's postponed indefinitely at this point. I did hear them say, like, after the James Gunn thing, they're like, yeah, we, uh, like, the pre-production team were told to just go home. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not a good thing. And I know for a fact they'll probably want to get on that soon because Dave Bautista said that he is walking if they don't get the right director. Well, it was going to be he's going to walk if it wasn't James Gunn, so... Yeah, I don't know if James Gunn is still going to be involved with Guardians at all. I think now that he's been kicked, he won't come back. Yeah, I think it would be, be weird if he did. Yeah. I don't think Disney would 
tolerate that kind of thing. Like, no. I don't see the mouse doing that. I would no. just kind of look, you're banned because you're a very naughty boy. And like, six months later, ah, come on back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> M- maybe like a weird, like, some like really weird offshoot of like Hollywood branch. Like, uh, what's the one that makes the horror movies again? I don't want to say Silver Sands because that's, um, what's his name? Michael Bay's production house. But there's another yeah. one that I'm like, there, uh, there's one that I'm like, you'd probably do that. What hammer? <laughs> <laughs> hammer, hammer! We're still making movies. Um, yeah, that'd be terrifying. Yeah, imagine a, a modern hammer horror movie. That'd be pretty fucking scary. I go for it. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I just sit there and go, "Ooh, <laughs> here we go! Here comes the weird, like the weird intense horror that you've not seen in a decade or so." But um, I'm actually due for another horror binge. Normally, it happens every couple of weeks, and I'm like, "Oh, what's that?" Yeah. But I'm just I'm too busy on like comedy side things. But I'm yeah. Just like, yeah, I could do with a really good horror binge. Yeah. Could... After watching, I've been watching quite a lot of, sort of comedy stuff lately. Uh, I've recently, again, he's a really acquired taste, particularly amongst the people that are into the more kind of unclean comedy, the more sort of like, cussing, you know, dirty jokes that kind of thing. But uh, you've you've probably heard of him, uh, Gabriel Iglesias. All right, yeah, uh, fluffy, fluffy, yeah. Okay. A lot of people don't like him. I can understand why he doesn't really do. You know, he doesn't really push the comedy envelope, but what yeah. he says is just pretty fucking funny. It's, it's just, for him, it's presentation. Yeah. His sound effects are phenomenal. Like, yeah. his ability to just make the certain noise he needs to tell a story, like, he, he does, like, car noise and stuff. You know? Yeah. That it's, it reminds you of the guy from Police Academy. Yeah, uh, uh, Michael Winslow. Yeah. And you're like, how do you do that with your face? Incidentally, I met that dude, and if you did meet him, the only thing that you would think he would ever done is Police Academy. You'd yeah. think that he's never done anything else. You talk to him, it's just, I'm pretty sure he introduced himself as Motormouth Joe from Police Academy. Like, oh. You've probably done other things. There's no need to get that hung up on Police Academy. I think that the problem is that he's done other things, nobody saw them. Yeah, that's probably, that's probably exactly mistaken, what happened. that's the issue. Yeah. But yeah, Gabriel, this is uh, just hilarious. He's really yeah. funny. Like when I remember seeing his stuff, like, was it a decade ago when he first started making it big? Yeah, I remember... Uh, so being just out of high school and passing yeah. that shit around and those were huge youtube videos back in the day like yeah the story about like donuts for a cop or something like that yeah he's speeding and he's got the crispy cream and he's like why did you pull me over because you can smell it because <laughs> <laughs> i know you can smell it <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was always a good comedian but I'd, i've spoken to quite a few people and they said oh if you're what, are they watching your comedian watch this guy and like no he's too clean like, yeah it doesn't need to be felt he doesn't need to be you know yeah. swearing and cussing all the time for it to be good comedy yeah but yeah, I watched his latest time, special, like, um, what was it, uh, One Show Fits All. Yeah. It's just a really good show. He talks about uh, smoking with uh, Snoop Dogg. That's got to be an experience. He remembers the start of the interview where he introduces himself, then the weed kicks in, he can't remember the full thing. <laughs> so I was like, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Because you imagine at this point Snoop Dogg knows where to get the good stuff. Yeah. Or he probably knows. And he's probably almost immune to the good stuff. So yeah. he's going to need new stuff soon. He's going to need a new strain. I'd love to see like for like the, the did you see his thing for Spiral? Snoop Dogg's thing for Spiral. Snoop, Dro- Snoop Dogg had a promotional video for Spiral the Dragon when they okay. did the remaster, and it literally was they had this thing. Uh, I remember seeing a tweet that was something like, "Oh, I can spit real fire. Come at me, Snoop Dogg." I was like, "Oh shit, Spiral's calling I th- it Snoop." I think that was like yeah. part of the promotional thing was like they'd like hype up at each other on Twitter, mm. and then like it was Snoop in the studio working on something, and it gets a text message was. My package is outside. Follow me out here. And it's him and his like, camera and walk outside. And it's a drone that's been like paper mache with a spiral over the top of it. 
yeah. with a flamethrower. All oh, right, <laughs> landing to drop off the copy of the game. I like that is some gangster shit. That's that is some fucking cool. Unreal, like it's landing in his parking lot. Like it, apparently they, they took that drone. Like let's see if we can fly a drone across country. So they flew it like a couple hundred miles to get it down to where he was. You know, that's pretty fucking impressive. Technically yeah. and just for sheer comedy value. Yeah, seeing Snoop Dogg be like, fucking cool. Oh shit! It's Spiral the Dragon. You're like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, again, another grown ass man. <laughs> but this time, it's funny. They probably baked out his skull. <laughs> He's like, oh shit! It's a real dragon. No, no, no. You're fine. Don't worry. <laughs> He's stabbing it, like beating it up with a shoe or something. Like that. But yeah, you'd say the Gabriel. Oh yeah, no, it's just it's just a kind of I'm looking for that. I'm looking for something different to watch because I've been getting heavily invested in the comedy. Uh, like I watched uh, Gabriel Iglesias. I went back and watched uh, Joe Rogan Triggered. Another kind of when you watch Strange Times, Strange Times is probably the better show. But Triggered, Triggered's pretty good, especially for the sort of the last bit when he's doing the sort of demon Kardashian thing. Yeah, the demon Kardashian bit is almost legendary at this yeah, point. Yeah, the physical comedy of Joe Rogan cannot be understated. Um, yeah. It does a lot of angry angry humour but yeah. the final bit is just genius of physical comedy I'm trying to think if because I've seen both of them like which I'm tr- the problem is I've seen them both several times so they're both kind of interlaced because i watched so much of his stuff as well with the podcast I'm like I've mm. got just bits from Joe Rogan in my head and I, I think I actually prefer Triggered for some reason I can't remember what it was I watched them both at some point but, yeah, oh, yeah, I can see why but personally for me I just think hey, Strange Times was the better one that's when he's like, I polished that to fuck. Yeah. Like, that's when he took, he took his new writing technique and was like, I'll do this for the special. And that yeah. was what came up. And it works, man. I think uh, Joe Rogan's probably up there and say top five comedians, like modern comedians. And my comedy stuff's like, I'm, I can't say like, oh, he's definitely top five. He probably is. Yeah. No, for me anyway. Yeah. I think he's definitely but, top but five. My, my comedy stuff is so personally biased. Yeah. Like, I guarantee you, nobody is going to have, like, oh, nobody's like, got the same comedy list, but, like, Jorgen yeah. Ruiz, like, damn near, I actually can't think of it, I talk about more. Yeah. And enjoy their comedy and their sense of humour more than him right now. Yeah, I think, for me, it's, uh, I like a lot of Joe Rogan for just that kind of, he's going to take sort of pretty hard-button topics and he's going to just break them down and make you kind of laugh about them. Yeah. If we're just in terms of just sheer off the wall, funny, weird, strange comedy, uh, James A. Caster, mm-hmm. he just he talks about complete and utter nonsense, and he just does it in a fairly funny way. Uh, but yeah, uh, those are probably two comedians that I, off the top of my head I'd say, oh yeah, like they they they'd be making the list. But I've been trying to you know watch a lot of other stuff. But the thing is, I've been consuming so much fucking sports recently. Yeah. That's why I did text you about bringing back Sports Corner because there's a few things I'd like to talk about, particularly surrounding fucking Scotland right now, who are terrifying me. <laughs> is it just me or is it like, this is about like the tackling's getting a bit risky and you're like... No, that. it's not the fact that the tackling's getting risky. In a, I should probably explain that the rules, for those who don't know the rules in Scottish rugby, you have to hit a certain point for it to be legal. That's basically anywhere from the waist down to the ankles is a legal tackle. Yeah. But Scotland are going in aiming for the ankles but they're still up on their feet so their neck is just hitting the ground like that's just Ooh. a sheer fire that's a sure fire way to get a broken neck yeah but what's scaring me about Scotland is we're coming up against teams like Ireland and we had Ireland on the back foot for most of that game yes- on yesterday uh, Saturday we had Ireland on the back foot for most of that game then for some strange reason we just light up it just completely took our foot right off the pedal and then Ireland just 
picked us apart. Our backs were throwing shitty passes when they didn't need to. Mm. At one point, our uh, winger intercepts a pass that was almost a try. He goes to offload it inside to another player who catches it high and bounces it. The number nine, the scrum half for Ireland, doesn't even have to full extend. He just sticks his right hand up, Picks plucks the ball out of there, and just scores one of the easiest tries I've ever seen. Like, you could have stopped that whole thing if you just put the ball under the jumper, just tucked it right under the arm, and, <laughs> and just, just went down. Sprinting. But no, we're trying too much fancy shit, and it's not fucking paying off. But contrast that to the uh, the Italy game uh, two weeks ago now. Yeah. And that's how we won the game. We won the game by being, you know, like, we had this flair about us. We had this, like, you know, we were showing off. It was like proper globetrotter type shit. Yeah. But then what failed us in the Italy game was we went up a man down and they scored two of the quickest tries I've ever seen a team score. They went from, we had them 33, no, we had them 20 points to three. Uh, yeah, I saw that one. And then we score another try, go up to 29, or we go up to 27. Because I think we got two penalties after that. Then we go a man down for a dangerous tackle and then Italy just bang it up straight up to 22 points. I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Yeah, like you blinking. Was our defence that shocking because we went down one fucking man? Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. We can't do that against Ireland. Then Ireland just rocked us right off the park. And the shit thing about it, Ireland were fucking terrible. Ireland were yeah. really off for them. Because they top tier Ireland. Yeah, Ireland the second best team in the world. Yeah. Like, Ireland, they are, they've beaten the All Blacks. They've played the All Blacks twice in the past four years and beaten them both times. And those of you who don't know, All Blacks, New Zealand team, best team in the world, world number one in terms of rugby. Ireland beat them twice. Yeah. Yet, yeah. Scotland can front up against Ireland, but then all of a sudden just, oh, we're bored now. Like, we get fucking destroyed. The thing I've noticed is that Scottish rugby, we seem to lose it at the one hour mark. Yeah, we concede points in the last 20 minutes. It's always the stigma behind Scotland that we will get to that hour mark, that 60 minute mark, and just we'll try and defend. I think a lot of it comes from the coaches not wanting to make substitutions. They'll just go, no, we can't change anything. Everything's a bit too tenuous. So we'll just leave it out as is. Then bodies get tired. Then yeah. there's still that reluctance to make changes on the pitch. If that's the theory. That's the most retarded theory I've heard in a long while. Because that's yeah. that's why you have substitutions. Is yeah. Because it looks okay now. Your new bodies going in should be just yeah. as trained as the bodies you're taking off. Yeah, you've got fresh legs going in there. Fair enough, you might got a player that's a bit more seasoned than whoever you've got in the subs bench, but still, yeah. that person that's going to come off the subs bench has been training with a seasoned player. Yeah. He's going to be able to fill that role, and if you've been coaching right, yeah. you should be able to just literally swap jerseys easily. Yeah. You should be able to just walk straight in. You've got the fact that that player you're putting on has been watching the entire match, not just what that player's seen, but yeah. the entire match, with you within shouting distance. Yeah, I guarantee you he's picked up what's going on on the pitch. Yeah. And there's always the person on the side, there's always the kind of subman on the side of the pitch who has an ear directly linked to the head coach who's saying, right, bring on a uh, number, take number two off, bring on number 16, but tell him to watch for this, 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 and this in the scrum. Yeah. Brilliant. And they'll go on and do that. Shit like that is invaluable. Yeah. In any kind of sport. If you're making changes... Make them at the right point. Don't just hold on to your subs go, all right, we've got 24 players for this match. Yeah, but you've only used 15 of them. You've still got nine fresh, fresh body bodies just sitting on the sideline just going, I can go and do this. And there was a few people that I knew that were on the sideline on Saturday that I thought that person could have made a difference. But no, you kept 
this player on who's a bit older, fair enough, he puts in a good game, but he's going to get tired quicker. You've got fresh legs, younger yeah. players. Younger fresh legs sitting right there raring to go. Yeah. And I, it's, it's one of the things that you see that happen in every sport with a substitution system. Yeah. Is it before that sub goes out, coach brings him on, has a word with him, and also points to other people and was like, tell him to do that. Yeah. Go, you go like, like when you're on, that. push him out, pull him in. Like, make sure. I can't run out on the pitch and yell at somebody in person. You go do it for yeah. me. And it's it's getting it's getting kind of scary because we've got one one game under the belt. We lost to Italy. We're still sitting mid table. We're still sitting third on the table. Yeah, which it's it's put us in a bit of a precarious position because we've got France next, and France can either be a terrible team to play against, and that their their defense and offense are just off the fucking charts, or they can be a phenomenal team to play against where they're just off the ball, yeah. and you can just you know score quick try after quick try. Given the way that they've been playing, particularly against England, I get that it's not really like England are meant to be. I think the world number four or something at the moment. They're meant to be the sort of the best of the best. I say that with a heavy amount of salt. The media says they are best. Uh, the media says live. that they're the best yeah. of the best, so it's understandable that a team like France could get put on the back foot by them. But we just need to play it by ear. We just need to be a bit more. I mean, with these games, sometimes it's like, was that England's win or France's loss? Yeah, I think uh, there's yeah. a there's an, a heavy element. I think we just be a bit. We need to be a bit more adaptable. We need to try new things. Just say, right, front row worked from the last game. We'll keep them as is. This guy, uh, he's off injured. We need to play some of him. Then we need to just change things about. Try new things. I get that in the middle of a competition, it's not the time where you try new things, but you need to try different ways of working because we're burning through players through injuries. And we're so reluctant to change that player from their position until yeah. they get injured. And a tired body will get injured easier. Yeah. And you can't have that if you're playing like Six Nations tournament. It's not yeah. Six Nations one-offs every now and again. Yeah. It and is the next six weeks are rugby. Yep. And especially when we're going to France to play France this Saturday. We can afford no fuck-ups. I just think, especially after... Again, after the Ireland game, Gregor Townsend's going to have to go to the drawing board and think, what went wrong? What can I do better? Because France's uh, forwards pack is fucking monstrous. Yeah. They have a player called Bastero. Right. Who plays a... I think he's either a centre or a winger. And he looks like he should be in the front row. That's the kind of shit France play. They play people out of position, but it works. And their front row, uh, their hooker, is one of the best in the game right now. So we can afford no fuck-ups against them. Or it's going to be punishment time. Or it's going to be just be, oh, there's one try. There's another try. Scotland have scored nothing. They're on the back foot. And that's just putting, or mentioning on the back foot. Scotland are a team that get disheartened very, very easily. So if there's a couple of uh, quick tries scored against us. The heads go down, we get very disheartened. We cannot afford that against France. So yeah. we need to just majorly up the intensity you know just and we can become a bit more logical when it we, comes to subs we can do it the problem is that they're getting disheartened things at this point yeah. is in our sporting dna yeah it happens true. in every fucking sport we play except curling but you know. yeah we we stomp curling we stop a uh, rowing cycling but when it comes to the sports that actually fucking matter we yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we i do. i, I do. six nations always like it feels like we're just about to win like we don't have the same yeah like with, with football we're never getting close. Like, f- no. Here we go with Scotland's World Cup campaign. Oh, you mean four games and then we go home? Excellent. Looking forward to it. And 
<laughs> Smashing. <laughs> That's good. I'll go put the kettle on. Oh, wait, we're done. Oh, what oh, the well. fuck? Beer time it is then. Yeah. yeah, let's go and drown our sorrows and hope for everybody to beat England. But then again, like, rugby seems to work every now and again. And we get into good strides and we have good games yeah. and we have, like, like not just good games, but good tournaments. Where, yeah, like, good we campaign. Can see progress being made in the space of a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, during the World Cup, we got to the quarterfinals. No, we got to the semifinals. We literally, we had to play Australia, then we would have went on to play the All Blacks for the final. Yeah. We could have got to the fucking final, but no, we got screwed over. I just, I, the rugby, just, I want rugby to be great. Yeah, I kind of want Scotland. rugby to take over football in certain areas, but I know where we grew up, it's never going to happen. Not even kind of. The round ball is too much of a powerhouse. The egg is, it has no, like, pulling power. Respect the egg, damn it. Exactly. It, we egg chasers demand parity. <laughs> Equal time shall be afforded to... <laughs> Both the egg and the sphere. Oh, dude, the egg and the sphere would be a great name for a pub. Egg and sphere. The egg and sphere. I like, uh, when Rusty did sports ball, uh, they had the, like, a football, a soccer ball, a basketball, and an American football. And it took me a long time to realise it was in the shape of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long. I just thought it was like, okay, those are balls. <laughs> like those, it's, it's sports ball. Those are sports balls. Oh, those are balls. Those balls. are balls. Oh, gotcha. Uh, every time I talk to every time I talk to anybody about uh, what they would call a bar, it's usually my older brother, and he's convinced that he's the be- he's convinced himself that the best name for a bar would be the wrong place. So right. just like, hello, you've, hello, you've come to the wrong place. Just next door is a place called What? So everyone else just sounds confused. Like, hello, welcome at What? <laughs> just to really oh, yeah. fuck with people. Your, your brother owns not just a chain of restaurants, but a chain, a chain no, of the, pubs. The pub itself would be the wrong place. And you'd have a restaurant next door called What? <laughs> I, I thought it would just like he'd been working on this like list of like, I'm going on a street of pubs. But they will all have comedic names. Those <laughs> have weird names. Why do you call your bar this? Fuck with people. I don't know. Just mess with them. Uh. <laughs> What's your other pub just called? Uh. <laughs> it's just U H dot 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 dot. Welcome to. Uh. So I, I phoned for reservations at this place, and the guy just went uh down the phone at me. I think he's something wrong with that boy. I uh, did you remember a couple of weeks ago? Yep. Talked about uh, machinima. Yeah. Just. Ditching all their content. Yep. And but now we know why. They're just ditching all their staff. Yeah, they're um, just ditching everything. But there was a, a, a channel called Internet Today, which is hosted by Ricky and Elliot from, uh, formerly from Machinima's ETC channel, mm-hmm. where they did uh, entertainment, tech, and culture. And that was canned recently. Or they left recently when they realized what was going to happen. And they were told, kind of like, hey, by the way. Might want to look for something new before yeah. we shut down. Might want to go get a new job. Yeah, they, let the, they let that channel shut down and let them go start their own thing. Um, mm. But they basically do the same job, but by yeah. themselves. So, good for them, I guess. Uh, but they happened to talk about the fact that uh, why they did the mass purge of content. And it was because there was a possibility of old lawsuits. Like, you have thousands of hours of content. Mm-hmm. How much of that is copyright yeah. Material. How much of that has now been claimed by additional people? Yeah. And um, other channels. It's it's not worth the money. It's not worth the risk of content strikes on hundreds of videos. Yeah. Going back to the good old days of YouTube where people would just do what they want with yeah. what they wanted. 
you wouldn't like even though now there's a lot more people making their own stuff to use in their videos mm. it wouldn't surprise me if randomly just clips of movies were used in old machinima videos and they just were like this is not worth the lawsuit delete and just removed a ton of content from like way back yeah so that was it was interesting to see that news especially from people who were from machinima and who like maybe not like have an inside line but like would understand why things were done yeah so shout out to those guys for actually putting that information because it was really weird yeah really confusing but it's good that they've went and done their own thing though and it's it's a thing that you're gonna i think we've started to see a lot more of and we have not seen the end of it is people that used to work for take for example uh, phil defranco with the was group group seven no group nine Group yeah, nine he used to work for Group yeah. 9 and then he was part of the whole SourceFed discovery thing. Then he just decided, you know what, you've cancelled SourceFed, I no longer want to work with you, I'm going to do the whole Rogue Rocket thing. I think then, he was out there before that. Yeah. It was yeah. long before they cancelled SourceFed. He was like, I'm just done with SourceFed and just gave it to them. Yeah. I think he did that so that he could pay them. I think he was paying for SourceFed out of his own pocket. Then once that kind of finished, he just went and did something else. And now the Rogue Rocket thing is going pretty fucking well the whole patreon thing is just launched i still don't think he's fully launched the whole rogue rocket thing they're not that, even close i've barely done anything yeah he's I, incorporating rogue rockets uh bits and pieces into his daily show yeah and he's like doing bits and pieces like to get those guys into their own kind of styles and they make their own content but i actually haven't seen anything from them that was very special yeah. i know that they just to me right now seem like a publishing uh, yeah i group. think I think he wants them to be a kind of source fed 2.0, which is going to be, we're going to talk about the news, we're going to do the, the stories, the whole white wall videos, what have you. But um, like you said, shit like this just takes time. You can't build a kind of yeah. media empire or a media service just with mm-hmm. the click of your fingers. You need to build shit. Especially with, uh, right now, there's a lot of people being laid off yeah. in journalism and it's because they were basically pumping up numbers from a majority, like the majority of the places I've seen so far, it's the same story of the investors were due to be getting their like look into the numbers of what was going on. Mm. A bunch of stuff collapsed, and it's all just kind of collapsed and caved in on itself, and that's resulted in like people like ten percent of people from Buzzfeed or something getting laid off. Yeah. Well. Wow. It's not a big loss. <laughs> well, I mean, not so much for the like the, the Buzzfeed settings because we just don't enjoy their content but like there's yeah. other places i mean there, like, there are similar things yeah there are certain people that, that enjoy buzzfeed stuff but i i don't know how but they do there's also gaming's getting hit as well yeah gaming the gamers getting hit, hit pretty hard because on most sort of gaming videos you're going to want to use the soundtracks from that game and i'm talking about like there's games companies are getting like all right games like, companies they're, they're losing people all oh, right um they are um i think it was activision mm-hmm Activision Sounds and Blizzard have started just like gunning people down. I think EA's about to start doing that as well. There's been two two big publishers have decided, and Take Two has apparently posted uh, losses. I'm like, oh boy, that's a lot of big developers. Ah, shit, we're never going to get Borderlands 3 at this fucking rate. <sighs> it was never happening. I'm sorry, no, but I, I'd happened. love it. I'd kill for that game to yeah. come out, but. That's the thing, the pre sequel, yeah. I think, kind of killed it for a lot of people because it was yeah. just Borderlands 2, but in space. That like, and the, we don't need more. The Telltale games. Yeah, Telltale games weren't great. Once you've got to like making a Telltale spin-off, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah. those were not fun games. No, they weren't. Uh, they were good little graphic novels if you just didn't really want to play a game. But at the same time, the the rumour or the rule that if you make a Telltale game, that's where your game goes to die, yeah. is kind of becoming more and more true because 
Uh, we had Batman, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, Arkham Origins. All fucking fantastic games. With talks about doing another Batman Arkham game in the same style, in the same universe, but from, you know, Nightwing's uh, side of things, yeah. Robin's side of things, Damian Wayne, or maybe, uh, you know, Green Arrow, or another hero. Then the Telltale games happened. All buzz around Batman games just stopped. <laughs> Same with Guardians of the Galaxy because people wanted a kind of a party system style Guardians of the Galaxy type game where maybe you go and hunt different treasures or go and respond to different things. But then the Telltale Guardians games came out. All that was swept to the I side. I didn't even know they did that. Yeah, yeah, they did. Same with the they did Back to the Future. They did Guardians of the Galaxy. They did The Walking Dead, which is the only one that got out of there unscathed. Yeah, uh, but now. The Walking Dead is limping on, as far as I'm concerned. As a franchise, it's basically dead in the war. It's a shame because as much as I enjoy, like, random, not great zombie games, I'd actually quite like a good polished zombie game, but not not in Resident Evil style, where it's like, you're in a room with, like, five zombies. Yeah, I want Left 4 Dead 3, that's what I want. Yeah, I, yeah. I want something along those lines. And that's what I genuinely thought uh, Overkill's The Walking Dead was going to be, but apparently that game is terrible. That's the one where it was, uh, what's his name? Daryl. Daryl was in the cover, and it was just like him running around. It's like survival type game. Aye, that was Survive the Walking Dead or something. Like yeah, that, and it that was, was not good. No, Overkill's yeah. The Walking Dead was literally just meant to be a four-player online, Left 4 Dead style game set in the Walking Dead universe. But apparently, it was just quite literally just here's Left 4 Dead, and now screen wipe here's here's Overkill's The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's just exactly the Anyone same. Anyone else suspicious? Nah, nah. not me. Just, apparently it wasn't good. It tried to be Left 4 Dead to the degree that it became something completely different. Yeah. I heard it was not a good game, so I completely just left it. So I, if I look for a game that's to be played in the same style as Left 4 Dead, I always go with Vermintide. Because I recently bought Vermintide 2 for 6 quid. I, uh, I got a, Games of Gold or game, oh, Games of Gold for the um, the first one, and then Games Pass had the second one on. Those are good games. Yeah, really, really good games. Game. I got them through Steam on a Lunar New Year sale. <laughs> Any excuse. Steam. Any excuse. And Steam are just like, you have all these games for £3 each. <laughs> Your wallet will fucking hate me. Welcome to the Fuck It Sunday sale. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Hello Mother. <laughs> My mum came round for tea sale. <laughs> By Octodad to make her think that your dad's still alive. <laughs> well... Welcome to the ticking clock on the wall sale. Seriously, I'm running out of ideas here. Please send up. <laughs> Welcome to the Friday at five o'clock sale. You're Welcome. going home for the weekend. Here, have some free games. Welcome to the My Pencil Sharpener Broke sale. Fucking. <laughs> Welcome to the I Got a New Dog. <laughs> Celebrate my new dog with some 20% off Steam sales. Jesus. My wife left me. <laughs> Here, have some, have some discounted video games. I'm secretly mad at Gabe Newell's sale. All games are free. <laughs> When's the Half-Life 3 going to happen sale? Change the store banner to when Half-Life 3. <laughs> never. And honestly, no, it's I'm, never going to happen. I, I don't think at this point it could happen and people would be happy with the product, which leads me expertly to Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, There's threes in both of those. Yep. Oh, right, the disappointment thing. The I disappointment, yeah. Uh, I gotcha. I smart. could have easily finished that game in 10 hours. That's not good. Nope. For, really for not. Squenix game, that's for, not good. I've managed to stretch it out to 50 hours. And that's been me collecting, uh, getting the Ultima weapon. That's oh, been right. me doing the final boss. That's me doing post-game content. 
Uh, I've not been in a circle for three hours. I literally flew about the, the one of the hub worlds just collecting uh, sort of upgrades and stuff for the gummy ship. The game is apparently it's meant to be one of the biggest Kingdom Hearts games to date. Right. Doesn't feel like it. I mean, hmm. that's that's not saying that it's a bad game, right? I'm going to get the negative shit out of the way first and foremost, and I will be. I should also take this as a chance to mention that uh, me and Argic are working on a full review of this, literally molecular level type breakdown. Right. So that's why I'm not really going to go in depth here. But like I said, we're just going to like talking about it just now. We haven't got yeah. anything concrete. We'll try to figure out do we record it or do we video it or stream it. But uh, uh, the bad things about it is uh, the game is too damn easy. I played it on the hardest difficulty you could and I still died a grand total of five times. Oof. For the, the hardest difficulty. For the hardest difficulty you can get. There's no... Because in uh, most Kingdom Hearts games, you get beginner mode, easy, standard, then you get proud mode, which is your hard mode, and then you get critical mode, which is very hard mode. Critical mode isn't in this game. So you get beginner, standard, proud. Huh. I immediately went to proud mode and I thought, right, this game kind of easy, but it might just be, you know... Maybe they're giving me proud mode and I finish that and unlock yeah. critical. So I thought, right, I'll go through proud mode, even though this is meant to be hard mode. Maybe I'm just getting first act leniency. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, um, game's not getting much more difficult. Right, I know what I'll do. I'll stick to the opening keyblade. I'm wrecking people with the opening keyblade. <laughs> Maybe I'll change keyblade. Maybe I'll, I'll go a weaker keyblade. Nope, still fucking everybody up. What nope, the there, hell? there isn't one. Whoops. <laughs> it's like, I literally, I started off at the first game, the first point, and I thought, right, I won't use grand magic, which is when you use three types or three shots at the same magic, you get a bigger version of that magic. So if you get fire, you get the next stage up. You go all in, basically. Yeah, but once you get to... You know how there's fire, fire, and fireaga, and then it goes on through... Like, no. fireaga is that. <laughs> well, you've got fire, which is the normal, sort of weaker level. Fire, next stage up. Fireaga is the strongest fire magic that you can get. Okay. And depending on which version of fire you use, you then get the, fi- the grand magic that's one stays up for that. So if you cast three fires, and you fill up your little uh, focus meter... Uh-huh. you get to cast Fyra without wasting your MP. Okay. So once you get to Fyraga, you cast three Fyragas and you get Fyraza. Right. And that's just like a big fucking epic explosion of fire. You can do that at any point during combat. Just cast three of the same magics and then you get your grand magic. That can happen at any point in the game. Another thing they've incorporated into this is a thing called attractions where you summon the big rides and stuff. Don't know if you've seen that in any of the trailers that you might have watched or come across. Or... Nah, not really seen anything. Or, uh, you might have probably watched it on Arg Extreme. I saw him in, like, boss fights. Yeah. That right. was the only thing I saw. Cool. Uh, well, at this point, you can summon Disney rides yeah. that can do damage. Like, you summon the parts of the Caribbean sort of ship, and then that kind of rocks back and forward, and you can shoot. Okay. You can catch enemies with that. It's fucking weird to watch. And you can summon the teacup rides, and then you can just spin around like fucking angry Beyblades and hit, hit enemies with them. It's as weird as it sounds. It sounds a mess. I'm not going to lie. It sounds kind of messy. And, again, if you hit any enemy that has a green crown... And it's kind of lock-on symbol. If you go up and hit that, you then get the attraction. And that's like an extra move that you can do in the game. You can do that at any point from the start of the game. You don't need to unlock it. This is just, this is your ability. This is Sora's new power for Kingdom Hearts 3. And right. it makes the game so fucking easy. I was looking through, I poured through menus. Just like, can I turn this off? It's way too easy. No, it's just there. Huh. What I ended up doing was just, I'd get the command... Because it comes as a little triangle reaction command above your sort of main menu thing, or your yeah. main command menu. I would just leave it there until the timer ran out, so that it would just disappear, because I thought it should making the game too fucking easy. That's bad game design. Yeah. 
And but, I'm not sure if it's maybe just you, you play these games, so you maybe know the mechanics. Yeah, I, that's what I was thinking. So yeah. I thought, well, maybe I'll try not to do it how I would traditionally play it. How I would traditionally play it is, you know, like circle and square or circle and X are your best friends because you just jump and attack. Yeah. So I thought, right, I'll stick to mainly ground-based combat. Oh, wait, I instantly go up into the air. Sixth hit of my ground string. So, hmm. right, disabled that. No, I tried many different ways to try and make this game more difficult. Didn't even happen. Then with your keyblades, they can transform into different weapons. Yeah. I, again, I stuck with the main kingdom key, the starting weapon, because that doesn't have any transformations. Nope, still too fucking easy. It's really bad to hear that you had to make the game harder yeah. for yourself. And that's that's the I was because uh, I got it late, as we all know. That the fucking saga with <laughs> son of a bitch. I mentioned them, didn't I? Yeah, he did. <laughs> You're gonna have to bleep that out. Don't bleep out the rest of it. Just no. Don't don't you dare fucking clap. I need to find where it is. <laughs> all right, <but>. cool. <laughs> So I, I waited for waited for this game to get delivered, and now it did get delivered to me. So I thought, right, I'm going to take my time with it. I finished Resident Evil Two before, yeah. So I thought, right, I'm going to take my time with it. And before I know, I before I know it, I'd finished four worlds out of ten. I was like, right, this game isn't really too difficult. This is not too difficult, but maybe they can pick it up in other ways. And they do, but not really. They pick it up in the sense that you can play as the other characters, but you play as them for a boss fight each. Oh. So you play as Riku, you do one boss fight as Riku. Then you play as another character called Aqua, and it's one boss fight. Yeah, I remember reading, again, it was a couple of years ago now, interviews with uh, Tetsuya Nomura, who's ma- who makes Kingdom Hearts, saying that at some point you'll be able to play as every single Keyblade wielder that's in the main sort of party. And technically and he might not be wrong, but... Oh, he's very wrong. All right. There's seven of them, you play as three. Oh, I was like, "That's that, you promised us that." I think the the problem is that this game has been in development for so long. Yeah, it, it, but he could not have possibly kept every promise he made. Yeah, that's true. He's made thousands. Yeah, but also I think at a certain point, like the ideas that started off, kind of just kind of all the high points and the lows, kind of just smudge into this weird and like unfortunately easy middle ground. Yeah. So there's probably sections that you were supposed to blaze through. Yeah. Like first first chapter leniency. Yeah. Where it's just, oh, look at this, I can headshot everybody from like half a mile away. What a surprise. And then all of a sudden you meet the guy who can do that to you and you're like, ah, oh, now oh, I've got to yeah. change how I think about this game. Now, yeah, no need to change tactics, but that's that's the bad thing. The bad thing is that it's too easy and some of the rides make it a bit too difficult. Uh, make it a bit too easy. The difficulty, there's no difficulty rise or spike. Yeah. That is a, to me, that's about 10% of the overall game. I'd say that's about 10% of the game that I don't like. The rest of it is all just... 90% of you know good Kingdom Hearts like the story is probably as, as good as it's ever been like you get the sense that the only reason that so, uh, the main character Sora is not getting more involved is because he got fucked up in the other game hmm. the story behind Sora is that in every point he rises to a certain level of strength and a bad thing happens to him to crash him right back down <laughs> okay like because there's, there's also a hint that this might be uh, deliberate because if he reaches a certain amount of power he becomes a target and then there's like a whole there's a whole host of theories as to why Sora never truly reaches the right power level. But uh, in the game that came out beforehand, before Kingdom Hearts three, or the game in the story in the timeline that came out before Kingdom Hearts three was a game called uh, Dream Drop Distance, right. which was all about Sora and Riku getting their uh, mark of mastery, becoming Keyblade Masters. Uh, Sora fails because he gives into the darkness. They need to stay on brand. Uh, like a bitch. <laughs> and that basically fucks him up. That strips him of all the power that he gained from Kingdom Hearts two. 
in Dream Drop Distance. So right. it's quite fitting that Sora doesn't really interact with the other characters, other characters, because they are they've got to that power level. They're all as strong as they could be. They're like, no, you need to go and do the baby work again because you're a fucking idiot who gave in at the darkness. You We're going to go and do the establish yourself and yeah. go fuck your shit. Which leads me to another bad point about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts these. Right? Why would I want to then play Sora as he rebuilds himself? Why can I not go play as Riku and the King? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want to go play as those guys. <laughs> it makes sense from an RPG perspective. Yeah. To make you like level up and grind through and like yeah. unlock abilities and learn how to use them so that when you get handed a full character closer at the end, yeah, you wouldn't just be thrown with all these toys and being like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Because yeah. there's two ways that most RPGs start, which is you have nothing, you build the god tier, or you start at god tier, get your ass handed to you, and build up from yeah. build back up to god tier again. And that, frankly, I think I'd prefer starting with nothing, get to god, to god tier. tier. The amount of times you start an RPG, it's like, here's the tutorial mission where you know everything and can kill everyone with a couple yeah. button presses, but we need to keep pausing to show you the button presses. Yeah. That that was another part where Sora, he goes from, he starts in the previous game, like being, right, Sora's as strong as he's ever been in two, then he gets his ass kicked in uh, Dream Drop Distance. He never really reaches back up to stupidly powerful Kingdom Hearts 2 Sora again. He gets about halfway between his original sort of strength at Kingdom Hearts 1 and this new level of strength in Kingdom Hearts 3, but he never really gets to as strong as he used to be. You even get the sense that at one point, uh, like Riku just out and out says that, you're never going to be as strong as you used to be. <laughs> like, kind of a shitty thing to say to your partner or colleague or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're part, You're one of the like seven groups of Keyblade, or the, one of the seven Keyblade builders that are going to stop the apocalypse. Like, and you're just saying to him, dude, I'm, I've surpassed you. He goes straight Vegeta on him and just goes, there's a reason I'm a Keyblade master. It's, it's, it's not even like, I've surpassed you. It's like if I turned to you and went, Dom, your glory days have passed. Yeah. You're like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> That's pretty much what he, like, he says something along those lines. Obviously, it's not. he's not going to be out and out, dude, you suck, because it's a, it's a Disney slash Square Enix game. But... Hey, look at him. It's Captain Suckerbuck. <laughs> it's Captain Useless. It, yeah, it's... I, I, to be honest, it's gotten to the point where like Sora has had to get his ass saved so many times and he's had to have so many things happen to him to get him to this point where he's not really an interesting character anymore. I'd rather play as, you know, any of the other characters from previous games. like One of the three Keyblade wielders that he played as in uh, Birth by Sleep or yeah. Riku. Fucking let me play as King Mickey, the overpowered shit that he'll be. Because <laughs> he, at one point in a... Uh, Kingdom Hearts uh, Dream Drop Distance. He just walks into a room and raises his keyblade and things die. <laughs> is King Mickey the one where he's got the hoodie on? He he transitions between different like, outfits. <laughs> he, there are many Mickeys in the multiverse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. At one point he shows up, he's got this weird black trench coat on. Next point he's got, you know, shorts and a, a hoodie and stuff. They, they change him depending on what point of the game he's in. See, Kingdom Hearts, have they done... There was a Disney game before Disney was like an all-conquering force... And they had like a, a game about Mickey having to live in a world that was being like, obviously Mickey, Disney's a colourful world. But it was oh, it was that Epic Mickey, Mickey? Epic Mickey, yeah, and it was all about the black paint and stuff like that. Yeah. Have they done anything with that? Uh, they kind of did. They, they, there was a world in Kingdom Hearts 2 where it was all monochrome and yeah. sort of 1930s style. So that, but that's kind of the closest they got to it. But was that old school Disney where it's like Steamboat? Oh, that, yeah, that was old school Steamboat Willie type yeah. thing. Because like, all the characters were redrawn in this style. It's pretty fun. But I was yeah. thinking, man, that's like a, that was a weird IP like that, Epic Mickey. Yeah. I was like, that 
kind of cool. Like I'm surprised. Yeah, something like that would be Kingdom kind of Hearts three, but they they never really go anywhere with it. But uh, Epic Mickey DLC <laughs> could be, but uh, they've left it very wide open for DLC, which I think is going to happen because certain things happen at the at the end where with Sora that is going to have to get resolved because Kingdom Hearts four is almost a certainty at this point. The way they end three, yeah. it's going to happen. But um. The, one of the fucking amazing things about Kingdom Hearts 3 is the fact that so many questions from other titles get answered in this one. Oh, who's that guy? Holy shit, that's who that guy is? Ooh. Holy fuck. That's amazing. And how they tie things back in. And uh, the boss fights are genuinely the shining light in this game. You fight a boss in um, the frozen world, Arendelle, called Skull, who's this giant wolf heartless. It basically just drops a spirit bomb of darkness on you, and you have I to put. I saw Argic fighting that one. Yeah, it's it awesome. Genuinely, one of the coolest fucking boss fights I in the entire like, game. Dude, that was like Dark Souls. Yeah, it's great. Uh, even some of the Disney boss fights are really cool. When you fight uh, Davy Jones aboard the the Dutchman, all right, it's fucking awesome. Davy Jones sounds like ass though. <laughs> okay. You know how and you know how in um, parts of the Caribbean is it. On Stranger Tides or Dead Man? No, it's Dead Man's Chest. When you're first introduced to Davy Jones, expertly played by Bill Nye. Actually, Bill Nye, not Bill Nye. I've made that mistake before. <laughs> <laughs> like Bill Nye, the science guy, was Davy Jones? What the fuck? <laughs> no, Bill Nye, the esteemed uh, English actor. Whenever he would say something, he'd put in a little extra enunciation. Like he would go, Jack Sparrow, our debt is settled. Yeah. And he would say that every so often. In Kingdom Hearts 3, it's on the end of every word. Like, Jack Sparrow, wah! <laughs> well, well, welcome to the Flying Dutchman. It sounds like one of those... Remember Preacher Bot from Futurama? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, welcome to the Flying Dutchman. Hey, did you okay? Maybe! <laughs> I may have had a stroke. <laughs> but yeah, uh, voice acting, voice acting, I say, probably one of the best boss fights in the game. Uh, I was ragging on the Keyblades and how they do make it a bit easier, but how the Keyblades can transform in, in between sort of uh, different levels. Uh, if you get the Keyblade from the Big Hero 6 level, San Francisco, okay. which was a fucking delight for the eyes. They basically just made different areas of a fused Tokyo and San Francisco yeah. that you can just run about in. And it's pretty fucking cool. But the Keyblade that you get from there basically allows you to use the nanobots from Big Hero 6. I've not seen that movie, but... Great movie, but it's... Huh? It fails in comparison to its original Marvel counterpart, which I'll tell you about later. <laughs> but uh, you can use the nanobots from that game to basically just make different weapons. So you can okay. just you, you push a square or triangle a couple of times, and you can just put out a couple of giant robot punches. And you can make a drill, and it just basically combos into different things. The stuff that you can do with the cable is just pretty cool. But again, it makes the game too easy. <laughs> uh. Then you get the Ultima weapon, you're just like, oh, why do they call it the Ultima weapon? Holy shit, I can strip four health bars away with one press of X. Jesus. It's ridiculous. There's a reason why they kind of make it a bit more difficult to get in this game. Yeah. Because <laughs> it does make the game hella easy. So that's... I still overall, I'd give it a, a 9 out of 10. Just given how the ending plays out, how it wraps up other people's storylines, there's still three huge questions that still need to be answered. Concerning a... Uh, one of the sort of cutscene in one of the movies that you watch in the Kingdom Hearts 2.8 bundle. Right. In that one, you got Kingdom Hearts 0.2, which is uh, Aqua's story after Birth by Sleep. That was basically a little tech demo from Kingdom Hearts 3. Same engine, same battle style, that kind of thing. Yeah. Then you had a HD remake of Dream Drop Distance, which is basically just Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance taken from 3DS, 
upscaled, upraised, put on the PS4. Then yeah. you had uh, the sort of cutscene movie of Kingdom Hearts Key Back Cover, which was the mobile game that no one played. So <laughs> they just condensed it into the cutscenes, the, the pertinent uh, information, and put that on the disc so you could watch it. It takes about uh, two hours, two hours, maybe two and a half hours. That's not bad. It saves me because I had the game on my phone I sunk about 18 hours into that and I barely got past one of the opening worlds Shit. I was like fuck that I'm not th- maybe they should have took cues from that from Kingdom Hearts 3 <laughs> but uh, they, it concerns a few characters from that game and there was one main character in that called the Master of Masters who was this kind of en- enigmatic character that just wanted to see how shit unfolded basically a very yeah. kind of chaotic Joker type character it's just I just want to see what happens Yeah. and then certain things happened with characters that were in that uh, sort of game they appear at the end of three and there's just more questions that need answered that kind of detracts from the whole, oh cool, we got an ending to that, but wait, who's this guy? Oh shit, now I need to remember Damn more it, shit. Now there's more questions. But no, it is the, I'd probably say it is a fitting end to the, the Xehanort saga, as they called it. Mm-hmm. Certain things they could have done better, but all in all, I say it's a good solid nine out of ten. If you wanted to find out what the actual, like, Maybe not the, the finer points, but the general gist of uh, the Kingdom Hearts story is, if you're like an Xbox player like me who's missed out on all these games. Oh, so an Xbox. Uh, no, like the previous games. Yeah, three. I don't get why they, all the 1.8s, 2.8, or 1.5, 2.5, 2.8, they're only on PlayStation. But Kingdom Hearts 3 is on Xbox. Yeah. Um, Makes no fucking sense. But there's a, a summary of uh, Kingdom Hearts in half an hour. It's a good enough summary. Uh, it's literally called A Good Enough Summary of Kingdom Hearts by Barry Kramer. I cannot recommend that video hard enough. It is a guy trying to explain what his friend said to about seven hours of just sitting down chatting to the guy on a live stream to explain all of Kingdom Hearts, like everything he could think. Like the guy took notes. Yeah. Like he took notes into this like it was a meeting. And he said, I will explain Kingdom Hearts to you. We're starting now. Seven hours later. (laughs) Yeah. He has enough notes to make uh, a video where he like, Cuts it down to half an hour. How many notepads did he burn through? <laughs> Hold on, need to change notepad. Just oh, pens run out. By the end of the video, you can see he burned out of his soul. <laughs> I could try and explain Kingdom Hearts to you, but I don't think I would do that because it'd be akin to torture at this point. Give Barry Kramer's video a go. Yeah. It's hilarious. I'll, I'll okay. send you a link and I'll put it out on our, our Twitter. Just say we talked about Kingdom Hearts. This is what you need to know yeah. before we go into discussion of Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. Well, like I said, I did I did talk about it a bit more than what I wanted to, I wanted to just kind of skim it and then move on. But uh, if you want to see the like a more in depth sort of tear, like kind of disassembly of the game, uh, me and Argic are working on it. We just need to ske- like scheduling wise and figure out how we're going to put it out. More than likely, it probably will just be a long form YouTube video. Yeah, and we're just going to fire that up. It'll probably be an anywhere between an hour and a half to three hours, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how in depth we go. Because I know holy shit. Argic definitely has some gripes with that game. He has some like, loves of that game, same as me. Uh, we both kind of picked it up at the same time, so I think he'd be the perfect... Because originally I thought, this would be fun if I had Colin on board, but you just stare at me blankly through it, just going, okay, so what does Donald do? <laughs> Why is the duck there? Why? <laughs> Why is the duck the comic relief? But that's enough. Right, last point I want to say about Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 1, Goofy does fuck all. Kingdom Hearts 2, Goofy dies. It gives you that momentary... That, uh, Momentary moment of joy where you that think, moment, yes, he's dead. <laughs> that moment where you think, shit, we need to up our game. Kingdom Hearts 3, Goofy is the smartest motherfucker. 
at some point she was just going, what do we do next? Goofy just goes, the door's over there. Fuck his, let's go. <laughs> he drops the voice. She's like, guys, I'm, I'm ditching the voice. I'm a smart dude. <laughs> You're all fucking f- idiots. I've been fucking it up right here, but... Mm. Just, no, I'm done. Like, can't stand it anymore. I, I was hit by a boulder last time. Yeah. We cannot have this shit going on. You guys, like, that brought back my intelligence. <laughs> I'm no longer an idiot. The boulder knocked loose a bit of my brain, but it knocked it into it another sandwiched piece. sandwiched <laughs> it back together. Now I'm, a, now I'm an intelligent man again. Now I'm a functioning dog adult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maybe, if, I if don't Goofy's know. a dog and he can talk, what does that make Pluto? Because Pluto's a dog as well. He's brain damaged. <laughs> what is Goofy again? Goofy's I'm, a dog. Goofy is a dog, yeah. <laughs> but Pluto's also a dog. <laughs> does that... Mm. This raises several questions. Exactly. Answer, uh, go, go on Twitter. Right. If Goofy is if Goofy is a dog, right, feel free to direct message me directly at domanderson-25 <laughs> on Twitter. If Goofy's a dog, what is Pluto? Because he's also a dog. Does Pluto just have brain damage and think he's by a quadrupedal? At some point, is Pluto just going to stand up and go, wait, I can talk. I don't just need to bark like an idiot. <laughs> what happened to my hands? <laughs> Goofy's in the back like, finally! <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're my brother for Chris. <laughs> Do you know we were brother and sister? No, didn't think so. You didn't even know you were a girl, did you? No. <laughs> Keep fucking. trying to lick your own balls. That's how fucking dumb you are. <laughs> oh god. Anyway, that's my that's my spot in Kinhawks. I will we'll try and get the, the full breakdown. That'll be it's, interesting. I, I do need to try and figure out what the fuck. Because somebody yeah. came up to me, this guy's playing it at work, and he just comes up and he's like Oh, I've been playing him. It's amazing. This happens, this happens. And you're never going to guess what happens with this guy. Can't believe this is what's going on with him. And I'm like, I don't play these games. <laughs> and he went, what? And I went, I, I do not play these games. I don't get it. I don't I don't really enjoy Final Fantasy. I, Disney's cool, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm up for it. It's funny. But I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing when I always say to people, like, do you, have you played Kingdom Hearts? More often than not, they go, no, and I'm not really anxious. It's like, cool. I'll just say it was a good game. I'm not going to go into it because I guarantee you're just going to sit there scratching your head going, so King Mickey can set people on fire. Also, Mickey Mouse is a king. Explain that to me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Ultimately, 9 out of 10, it was a it was a good um, Return of the Jedi for the Kingdom Hearts series. Ultimately flawed, but still a good cap. Hmm. A good cap to the series. Do you, th- oh, do you say 4 is inevitable? 4 is inevitable. The way 3 ends... Unless you're doing lengthy DLC, mm. which DLC is a certainty, because well, Nomura basically said DLC is a certainty. I mean, they made so many two point blah 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 games that it'd be yeah. ridiculous not to try and spin that. The only reason they did that is because DLC wasn't a thing. Yeah, they wanted to just keep they wanted to just keep saying right, we need to keep the people interested, so let's just keep spinning this out and out and out to get or to keep yeah. people invested in this, so that when three doesn't when three comes around, they're not just jaded and angry as fuck that they've had to wait 12 almost 13 years yeah. for a, I, a game the thing for me though is i looked at i think seeing the amount of things that the two point whatever games mm-hmm. like, twist into like presenting three i think that was more the intention that was just to like oh we need to set up this thing to make this thing make sense like as long as it all makes sense in yeah. three so like, it's not like that guy doesn't need to be there what the fuck's he doing but there I is, think there's kind of an ele- idea of the, the 7 versus the 13. Yeah, they, they do set that up, but they don't really set that up until the 3DS title, uh, Dream Drop Distance. They yeah. never really set up the fact that... I suppose you could argue that in the when, when you first meet the organisation, that's when they set up the idea that they needed to be 13 people who were attuned to the darkness. But yeah. there's no real hint that these guys are for that purpose. 
they just want to, you know, have control of the ultimate power. They could be another nefarious scheme. Yeah, but they, they never really plant the seeds for what's to come next, effectively. You always have to dig for them through, you know, secret reports and what have you. So, uh, before we... Back from a quick technical break, uh, what you technical music for? I want to give a quick shout out to a YouTuber that I found recently called um, Moonhorse the Horse. Bit of a redundant name, but <laughs> Moonhorse the Horse. Um, and I'm going to just go quick find because I, I I found the guy through like I said a big fan of Reddit's uh, just neckbeard things and neckbeard tales, mm-hmm. and found that there was a guy doing audio kind of dramatization readings of them. And I found it because right. he did a... So is this some kind of thespian just taking all the all the weird neckbeard ramblings and doing them as art? Not thespian. Um, because if you're in the UK, you might have seen uh, Charles Dance uh, reading as part of Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he'll read, like, uh, really trashy autobiographies. So you'll have, like, Katie Price's autobiography. Uh, was it Snooky? He did Snooky one year. It was hilarious. He <laughs> Charles Dance reading oh when he did he did the joey essex the dumbest man this. on the planet next to being read by charles dance it's it's watching somebody put the full might of oration into the writings of someone with a vocabulary of a 10 year old yeah and who can't blow his nose he can't what? blow his nose like a professional he can't blow his nose <laughs> i think it might be on big fat because of the year it's just uh, Jimmy yeah, Carr. I can't blow my nose, can it? <laughs> no, it was like, it was one of those, here's this clip, guess what he's going to say next? And, like, and this clip, uh, Joey Essex can't do something like a professional. What is that? And it's just, he can't blow his nose. And he's like, oh, I can blow my nose. The Joey way, but I can't blow my nose. The professional way. Like, what's the professional way and what's the fucking Joey way? I assume there was just one fucking way to blow your nose, but no, apparently there's a professional way and a Joey Essex way. Cunt. He's a very special boy. Yeah, he's a... Cunt. <laughs> uh, this is it's it's not at the level of thespian uh, dramatic readings. It's just him trying to read through the storyline without cracking up. But when he cracks, it's fantastic. Uh, just because he is reading these stories and is like, ah, oh, that like how much of this am I like kind of related to as a kind of geeky person? You're like, I've seen this. I I've done this. Like, or I know somebody who did this. And it was one from um, I think the one that put me on at his channel was one where he was going through a, a, a Warhammer uh, battle about a, a guy meeting a female player who was using custom bits who had like the custom bits make the Space Marines female. Space Marines are all male if mm-hmm. you're not familiar with Warhammer 4K which is, must be nice um, but you, <laughs> if you don't just have the lore stuck in your head. Yeah if you don't know the Horus Heresy off, off the top of your head that must yeah. be nice. Must be nice to know humanity has a nice future motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the space vampires are coming for us. We need to deal with this shit now. Um, but you listen to him. Go Someone has opened the warp. We need to get on top of that shit now. You have um, like him going through the story. And then my playback of it was like, oh my God, I've been there. Where the guy freaks out about your car. Not because of custom bits made you female. Because if you can't make Chaos Space Marines female, what is Slanesh supposed to do? Yeah. How is he supposed to get that to work? Um, I just was listening to that going, I've been there when that guy has that freak out in the store. And it's like, he can't have that bit. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, WYSIWYG. It's not canon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just was stuck there thinking, God damn it, this is like, this, the, his series and all these Nightbeard tales are so relatable. And it's one thing to read them through the text, but it's another to just have somebody just talk their way through the story. He does a really good job. And weirdly enough, I found him, subscribed to his YouTube channel, so we'd see more of what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh, he followed me on Twitter. Nice. And I had literally finished writing my notes to say, oh, maybe it mentioned there was this guy out there reading these channels or reading these uh, these Reddit posts and making them into kind of dramatic readings with a couple of edits and it's quite funny and you should might check it out. And he follows me on uh, Twitter. And I just I opened up a DM with him and said, oh, I literally just got to talk about you on the podcast. I, it's, it's nice to see you're following me, which is it was a weird coincidence, but yeah, nice to meet you. And uh, I he said he didn't know much about Warhammer 40k and I just said, if you want a consult... I have all this shit stuck in my head. You might as well use it. So if uh, we might get some questions from uh, that Moonface uh, or that Moonhorse, Moonhorse, yeah, I, I need to check his name. It's Moonhorse the horse. <laughs> that Moonface the horse. <laughs> we might be consulting uh, with Moonhorse the horse. Oh, cool, uh, nice. So that was it. Was nice. It's nice to have like it, it, with YouTube channels hitting like one million subscribers every day. There's like. They've doubled the number. I don't know if you saw that they put out a, a YouTube or uh, Susan Wozniak or whatever her name is, mm-hmm. the woman who is like the CEO of YouTube. She puts out random videos to update YouTube creators, and I get the the email inbox stuff. Mm. And she was like, "Yeah, kind of sorry, we made uh, we broke all our records this year, including YouTube Rewind being the most downliked or disliked video of all time." Yeah, that was not a good video. People did not take kindly to that video. It one was iota. Garbage though. It was pretty fucking shit. I just and it was really it's, my favorite quote from hers. And it's the the quote that keeps going on the internet is, "Even my kids told me it was cringy." Oh. When you start off with Will Smith, who's not even a YouTuber, going, oh yeah, rewind time. No. Uh, that, that, to be fair, that's fine. They had The Rock in it last year. And yeah. it's like these weird celebrity cameos are kind of fun. If it's done right and it's played for laughs, yeah. why not? I can kind of see where they come from, but it's just the what made me cringe was just you're trying to be so relatable, <laughs> but you're talking about stuff that happened a couple of years ago. Because are people still on that K pop dick? No, they are. They're, they're getting much worse. Yeah, they're now sliding further in. <laughs> they're a bit balls deep on the K-pop dick. Yeah. Um, I, the thing for me though was they've got Twitch on. Uh, they've got Twitch's ninja on there. Yeah. He's not a YouTuber. Nope. I don't know if he posts YouTube videos or there's compilations. He probably takes his vods and stuff and puts them on a YouTube. But he's not a YouTuber. No, absolutely I mean, not. Will Smith at least puts YouTube videos on. Every now and again, he'll have a video. Yeah. And it's not. It's overproduced. It's not a YouTuber's YouTube video, it's Will Smith's YouTube it's video. It's a movie star making YouTube videos, let's, let's yeah. put it that way. It's a production company powering a YouTube video. Uh, and I will say that at least he does that. I don't think Ninja does anything YouTube related. No, I think he's mainly on Twitch because he, I think he gets paid by Twitch. Oh, he's a partner. Yeah, he's, he'll have the like partner scheme. He's a partner at this point. Yeah. Um, actually, if we're going to talk about uh, gamers would recommend, there is one... I was gonna say as well. Did you see? Um, have you seen any Jack Black's YouTube videos? Yeah, he's he not. Puts them up under the name of Jablinski Games. Yeah, Jablinski Games. And that's... They, the running joke is that he doesn't. He, he can't game. Yeah, like he's Elgato captures wrong, and he always mispronounces Elgato. I think I think he calls it Delgato. Delgato. I, <laughs> I think the last video that he put up was him and his son just jamming. Like his, his son was playing drums, he was just jamming a bit on the guitar, or he was just singing. But I think the only thing close to a video game that he's went to or played was when he went to the pinball museum. Yeah. But he keeps saying stuff like, oh, the video games are coming. I just need to get my El Gato or Del Gato. <laughs> I need to get my Del Gato set up and stuff. And yeah, he's, he's, he's quite funny. Like, he's, his editing is really over the top as well. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it, I think it's him. 
I don't think there's anybody helping him with this. I think it's just him. I being, think it's him. It's probably him and his son doing. Like, I his think his sons are involved. Yeah, definitely they're involved. But at the same time, like you can tell, this is just Jack Black running around with a camera doing Jack Black shit. Yeah, it's quite fun. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when he actually gets to streaming when he gets his set up and then just go, "Oh, here's me playing Brutal Legend." Remember, because I was in that game. <laughs> can imagine him doing something like that. That'd be pretty funny. I could see him playing Brutal Legend for the shits and giggles. Yeah, then getting frustrated beyond all belief when he gets to the final fight. Um, but who is the other thing? Oh yeah, um, I was going to say there's a Twitch streamer that I really like watching, but I, I watch his um. I don't watch his compilation videos. He, he hires an editor. Says, "Look, I'm going to stream this game. Can you take the vod and make it into like a 20 minute clip or 20 mm. minute highlight reel?" And it's called Shroud. Now Shroud, Shroud. is a former. He's Cloud Nine, uh, but he's a former like MLG gamer, mm. and he's phenomenal. I was going to say he's a beast, but he's not. He's a machine. He's just like that's the thing that I noticed with my gaming. I panic. I don't think I've seen Shroud flapped once. Like, not even, oh, he's flapping in the wind. Like, this guy is so calm. Like, you can, like... Yeah, level-headed. He could run around the corner, find five guys with a shotgun and be like, I got this. Like, I, I know how to do this. Yeah. Because he'd been playing since, like, CSGO was competitive. So that's years. And he's been there from the get-go. And now he's just like, well, I can't really play MLG levels anymore, but I'm still better than, like, 99% of the gamers out there. Yeah. So I'll just wreck shit on Twitch. So he's phenomenal. Like, give him a chance to watch, like just watch him. Like, if you want to play Apex Legends, yeah. watch his stuff. Watch he his knows stuff. his stuff. I'll, I'll give him a, I'll give him a look because I think Apex Legends is the only battle royale game that I'm going to give any fair shake. I would, really good. If you can, if I've you can tried know, Fortnite. Yeah. I've tried uh, PUBG. I've tried various other like uh, various other um, battle royale type games. They've all been shit. Do you enjoy Overwatch? Uh, not anymore. I was going to say not as much as I used to, but let's let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> not anymore. No. It's the... Because I left for quite a while because of a crappy PC, the community is now advanced way beyond what I used to be. Yeah. And there's so many new characters and new ways to play that I, with my tiny understanding of Reinhardt, right. can keep up. I cannot keep up with current play, so I've just decided not to play. But you like the idea of like the hero shooter? Yeah, I like the kind of the idea of the, well, the a- team-based shooters. Apex, Apex has that. Right. That's what I was like, ooh, that's interesting. That's a nice yeah, twist that cool. you have abilities. Like, I have the smoke grenades, I have the orbital bombardment, but there's another guy who has, like, zip lines. He ends up at the map. I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's different. Um, I'll give it that. But yeah, if you watch some of Shroud's stuff mm. to, like, get a feel for it. He plays a lot of stuff. Cool. Um, he plays a lot of Siege as well. So if you play Rainbow Six Siege... You watch him do that, and you're like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is this man doing? <laughs> how can you do that? How how did he punch through the wall? I didn't think that was part of the game, but he figured out a way to do it. It's ridiculous. Um, nice. so uh, we probably should have got to this sooner. Yeah, I think we've been deliberately putting it off because two hours in. Yeah, two hours in. I think we've been we even had a conversation and during a kind of technical break to really decide if we want to talk about this. But I think we we need to since we, we need put to it address start, it. We and need to. Since it's been such a big part of internet culture for the yeah. last couple of days. Yeah, it's been it's been very intertwined into the Twitterverse and particularly YouTube with people putting their opinions up on it. Yeah. And if you are even exposed to the the anime sphere, which I am, and you're heavily in the middle of balls deep, baby. Yeah, <laughs> balls deep on that anime sphere, Dick. Yeah. The uh, the anime community has been in uproar for the last couple of days, and this, I mean. It centers around Vic Mignana, who is a voice actor who was 
big part of Ruby as Crow. And this all started when Rusty said that they were um, removing him from uh, Ruby and he they would no longer be associating with Vic Mignana. Now, the post was almost, like, that's almost word for word. Mm. That was like 30 words tops. Uh, there is no exact information as to why this is happening, but a lot of people think it's because of the uh, allegations against him as being like misbehaving at cons. I'm going to put that yeah. out there as misbehaving because it gets a bit weird. It keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. So it gets weird when uh, a lot in the next half an hour, but you have allegations dating back 15, maybe even almost 20 years at this point about him being inappropriate at cons. So conventions where he meets fans, being a bit too close, a bit too touchy-feely, and he has actually been at a convention since this all broke, and he has apologised if his uh, like forward-hugging manner comes across as inappropriate, because yeah. he's an older guy, he's in his 50s, he's from a previous generation, he's not used to kids these days, which are totally different from kids, even from our generation, to... 20 years before that yeah it's like almost a different species at this point like mm. on a social level we're a different species yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably a, a good way to put it and where it gets kind of squirrely is people uh looking at these interactions and seeing them as being almost sexual harassment now it's a weird term that we're not 100% on saying definitely sexual harassment like there's yeah. Some stuff like grabbing body parts. That would be sexual harassment. Hugging, yeah. kissing, yeah, there's a the lot cheeks, of, like yeah, I, again, there's a lot of stuff that could be construed as um you know, sexual harassment, sexual abuse. If it was deter- if the person felt like it was uh, carried out in that way. But from what I've seen, and again I've not looked in depth into this, purely because there's nothing concrete yet. Yeah. There's, there's accounts, there's statements, there's hearsay, um, he said, she said, there's tons of that. And I've not looked into it because there's been nothing concrete yet. And but, it's a shit show and it's not worth and it's just, uh, just a chaos machine, right? Yeah. Uh, just just things bouncing off the walls. Um, but I've not seen anything from witness accounts, from other people's accounts, and there have been a few fairly well-known uh, voices speaking up saying, no, 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 no. Well, there's been, a, there's been a few... There's a lot of these little incidents that are inappropriate touching, inappropriate yeah. interactions with Vic over the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, mm, okay, those are uncomfortable. Sorry you feel that way. Really hope it doesn't happen to anyone again. Yeah. And it seems like Vic has at least publicly said he's taking those lessons to heart. Hmm. At that point, I'm like, okay, maybe we can forgive and forget and move on. There are more serious accounts that come forward from pretty big names yeah verified people, twitter users that are in the voice acting community and yeah, the cosplay very vocal community yeah. on both sides people saying obviously uh, people have seen the if you're attuned to this in any way shape or form you've seen the kick vic or hashtag i stand with vic yes on twitter uh, some big big uh, big names coming up on both sides um particularly more so for the the kick vic i think there's i think at this point kick vic has more of a a force behind it. The, the, we'll get to where that comes in later, yeah, yeah, yeah. later on. 
Um, this, by the way, should be a quick segment. It's not going to be. We, we keep really saying quick, this will be yeah. five minutes. It won't be five minutes. I, I only intended to talk about Kingdom Hearts for about five minutes, but I'm pretty sure I had about half an hour there. So, yeah. Um, but there's a lot of pushback from people who are fans of Vic, and I understand where that's coming from mm-hmm. uh, because of how Todd Habercorn gets involved with this because he has an allegation against him where uh, after a night of drinking, he had sex with someone who was involved in Vic Mignana thing. And now because they're both drunk, there's the question of was their consent actually legitimate if both parties are drunk? It's a lot of very great areas and very big moral and ethical questions. Like, people smarter than us should be debating this. Like, I would want to see a panel of judges like the US Supreme Court Hmm. debate that and then see another trial of judges debate their debate. And then maybe we can get, like, after three or four layers of judges, we can get to some kind of actual understanding. Yeah of where this would be because it's a really weird complex issue it almost i'm like that's too much yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna leave that to the side and come back to it later um but then it's just like with his accounts uh, the several people are accounting for on the kick vic side is there are actual assaults taking place that yeah. weren't reported to the police and that seems to be a huge issue with the people who support Vic, who are his fans, who are like, why didn't you report this? Where's your police report? Where's your evidence? Yeah. So. And with with those ones, it's going to be a lot more a lot more difficult to prove because they could have, you know, they could tip tip the balance. They could. Yeah. They could they could help this investigation because I think it has proceeded into a full blown investigation at this point. They're looking properly. The question is by who though. Yeah. I was just asking if has it progressed in an investigation or well the thing is that um Rusty dropped them mm-hmm. and we don't know why I but floated the theory earlier he had a contract that was up hmm. and Rusty said not worth the not worth the risk yeah no point in renewing that contract and oh. the reason I think not worth the risk is that he has all these allegations of prior misbehavior mm-hmm. and Rusty are fanatically devoted to their fans especially yeah. at the live conventions. Hmm. To put it into context, uh, there was a first RTX London about two years ago and Roosteeth were receiving a bit of feedback. Not like it was negative feedback, but it was sincere, like, it's taking me too long to get through security. Because it was just after... It's after, like, a famous terrorist attack? I'm trying to remember what it was. I'm trying to remember if it was the... There was, like, a football attack, football game... You could hear the explosions. I think it might have been not long after Bataclan. The um, Queens Alrighty. of the Stone Age yeah. gig that got shot up. And they decided to put an extra oh, yeah, security. I, I remember what you're talking about. Because even in even in Scotland, we, we kind of felt an increased security. Because you couldn't go, in, uh, go into any train station in the likes of Edinburgh or Glasgow or any other place out of the train station without armed bobbies being, you know, yeah. walking about. And as someone who's never really seen, you know, live ammunition before, that was fucking scary. Like, police officers that... I'd known from and Falkirk were just walking about Glasgow, not Glasgow, Edinburgh, PlayStation just going, oh, how's it going? Like with an MP5 strapped to their chest. Yeah. It was an escalation in security across the UK. And yeah, for, for good reason. <laughs> pretty reasonable. Um, yeah. But the, there was the... Who gives a fuck if your train was delayed by 40 minutes? <laughs> you didn't die today. Yeah. <laughs> Are you still breathing? Thank you. <laughs> take the hit. Um, but they had increased security and part of the complaint was it's taking me too long. There was not enough security machines trying to process couple thousand people. Um, so the Rooster Teeth went out and got more. 
like they went and hired a private security firm to help boost the numbers and like get a couple more machines double the like through time to get through security lines to like do metal detectors and stuff just to make things faster because yeah. that's the image of rtx is phenomenal it's a convention where thousands of your friends all hang out that's the idea that's what they're selling kind of hard to have that image yeah then you have, have a suspected predator i guess yeah someone who's been a, someone who's had that many allegations laid at their feet mm. it's hard to put forward that they're the the company that cares for the fans when you have that guy walking around yeah when they have that guy who's suspected of attacking fans yeah and suspected suspected to have used certain forms of conduct towards fans yeah. you can't be that squeaky clean image or that like kind of like you, you've heard the phrase the sort of sanguine yeah. Uh, or sanguine vision of motherhood you can't be that kind of pure vision of we care about the fans if you have who's kind of who's been uh, touted as the literal devil right now yeah because i think well yeah. it's, it's not even like the, the the new the reason he's the devil now is because this all kicked off because rooster teeth were done with him and they put him aside and they cast mm. him aside and said we're done yeah this you're too much of a risk this is not worth the risk i mean he's great in ruby uh crow has been a fantastic character for the last couple of seasons mm-hmm they are just starting to deal with the fact that he's an alcoholic. He is drinking constantly on screen and his, like, uh, nieces are like, you need to stop. <laughs> Uncle Crow, we love you, but you're in fucking trouble. Like, All right. Cut it out. So do you think they'll keep that character in or just totally no, Crow cut will still be there. All right, cool. They'll just get a new post. actor. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, to the I Stand With Vic people, he's not coming back from this one. Yeah, I think... Rooster Teeth have cut ties. If he comes out of this clean, he's not going back to Rooster Teeth, and it'll be, it'll be surprising if he goes back to Funimation clean after, you know, well, having was, a day. He's, this thing is, he was. Be, I've only seen one show confirmed that he's been recast. I don't know how much stuff he's working on with Funimation right now. Hmm. There are actually apparently studios that are willing to still work with him, saying that because this is all allegations, they'd rather wait and see it out. Hmm. And that's where the majority of the opposition to Kickvit comes from is the fact that there has been no due process. There has been no court case. There yeah, has there's been no investigation. There might have been internal investigations by Rooster Teeth and yeah. Funimation. And at that point, they've said, we're done. Or we're moving off these projects, or or just in Rooster Teeth's case, we're just done with you. Yeah. But we won't see those results. We won't see that investigation mm. results. And that's where a lot of the senior voices on Kick Vic come in. Because they have, I think it was, um, it was one I'm going to read from uh, Chris Sabat later on. But there was one from Pro- uh, yeah. Chris Sabat has stepped forward? Mm-hmm. I have not read that. That'll need to be sent on to me. He stepped forward, to, not to accuse, but to... Shed point, some light. To shed some light yeah. on the fact that you will not see all the light. Um, but the All right, so he's not stepping forward to damn or... yeah. No, he's 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 pretty damning. All right, he's stepping yeah. forward to point the finger, but he's also saying you're not going to see everything. But this it, is what not, I know. It's not say, uh, it's just to point out yeah. the fact that the fans won't see. But I'll, I'll read that to you. Cool, cool. Um, but the point of I think it's pro ZD, pro ZD made, you know, oh, so, uh, someone, yeah, someone. Yeah. Um, he said, is like the fact that you have all these people stepping forward, professionals, people mm. with stuff on the line, people with skin in the game. To say, I believe the victims of this. This is a believable thing that's happened. And the fact that you have decades of this going on. And no counter-argument. Yeah. Does that not say enough? Does that not warrant concern from people supporting Vic? 
and uh, I'll just get sad at squat dinner. That kind of thing, even that's that's probably the right thing to do. Someone right thing to do. Someone is a pro ZD for those who don't know. I found out his real name, and I think his real name is so fucking cool. I never want to say his. Yeah, Someone Cho. Yeah. Fuck it, it's a name. Have you seen this video about how to pronounce his name? Yeah. <laughs> People never get it. Sung-wan? No. <laughs> Someone. No, Sung-wan. But uh, his uh, his response is probably the right thing. It's just, this warrants investigation because I'm choosing to interpret it that he's not saying, right, get rid of him. He's not saying this. Mm-hmm. Like, surely that should be enough of an alarm alarm bell for those who are in support of Vic to think, yeah. maybe, like, no smoke without fire, basically. Yeah. He's trying to say, think about it. And I think that's the correct way to look at it. Just don't go in thinking, no, he's 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 completely pure, or don't go in and say that guy's dirty as fuck. Yeah. Look into things, read into it, form your own opinion. Yeah. And I think that's the right way to do it. That's the only way this gets resolved in any way, shape, or form that's going to have a good outcome for either side. If yeah. people just read into it and actually get to the bottom. Yeah, that's actually that viewpoint informs my own in a big way. Yeah. Because when I look at it, I think how much smoke does there need to be in a room before you before you start yelling before fire before you start yelling fire yeah because that's the thing of um like us is freedom of speech and one of the limitations is defamation yep <laughs> so that's why i've been very careful uh or why i think people should be a lot more careful about what they say about what's going on in this it's because i'm essentially a lawyer i have qualified a uh, qualified privilege uh, <laughs> i can say whatever the fuck i want <laughs> Does the microphone have qualified privilege? <laughs> I do, and I'm using the mic. The mic is an extension. I don't own the mic, so that could screw me over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mic is being paid for by the client, so this is making trouble right now. Um, I will be quiet now. <laughs> we shall all be quiet. I will make fart noises to distract the... <laughs> the remaining 30 minutes of the podcast will now be silent as we contemplate the legal issues. <laughs> as I write up the contract to make us <laughs> to exculpate any liability. But part of those, one of the limitations that was put on it, and it was part of, the, uh, I think it was like a Supreme Court case, said, you can't yell fire in a crowded theatre because you risk hurting other people. Take that metaphor forward. How much smoke does it need to be in a crowded theatre before you can yell fire? Yeah. And I'm at the point where I'm like, there is way too much smoke in this room. Yeah. 20 accounts yeah. that could be plausibly said to be harassment or inappropriate contact and then some cases of downright assault yeah um on not con goers but female colleagues i guess we'd say people in the entertainment industry yeah i'd say co- colleagues or uh, people peers. in the industry peers yeah, yeah that's the word peers that's, um, that's but yeah chris sabbat's uh, point was made because at the start of this there was a a lot of people saying that there was people bandwagoning on and one of the ones that's come up is uh monica the voice of balma uh yeah monica real monica real yeah hasn't been handling it great but no, she no, no. has she... more skin in the game than anyone because she is saying that she's been a victim of a similar assault before yeah she hasn't said it's specifically been vic i don't think yeah I, th- I think she she came out and said she's not willing to admit who it was but she has had experience with this before i don't think it was anything to do with vic Mignana. no but obviously we can't say for sure. But if she it is, had been that, she would have said it. But yeah, she would have. No, I think she wasn't holding back at all. But she's not handled it in the correct way. Yeah, she hasn't done very well in doing the PR side of this, and I think that's why you'll have noticed if you follow this story, uh, people are sort of lawyering up, including yeah. Vic, including Monica, uh, and understandable yeah. because there are there are threats now flying from yeah. the I stand with Vic people. So far, I've seen them directed at Monica Real. 
saying that because she's been such a, a rabble rouser in this case. Yeah. She did put out some attention. she did put out some questionable tweets saying I think it was something along the lines of I have experienced this before and I have seen him you know directly hinting at Vixen. I have seen him do things like this before and I thought surely if you're going to do that you wouldn't A you wouldn't do it on Twitter. And B, you wouldn't just, that's baseless. Well, it's a risky move to do unless you had yeah. concrete evidence. Well, the thing is, with her one as well, she's also said, uh, somebody said, why didn't you say anything to Vic? Somebody responded with that. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah, uh, that's going to help. Real helpful. And she said, she responded with, I did twice. Nothing changed. So at that point, I'm like, she's just frustrated. She's yeah. been in this industry for about 20 years with Vic, seeing this happen. And notices that 20 years later still going down the same way yeah but uh there was a lot of people saying that the uh the the voice actors were being way too white knighty and bandwagoning to try and get good boy internet points hmm. not really what's going to happen considering the volatile response that they get from half their fans yeah. who say where's the evidence um which I'll, I'll, I'll go back to in a minute because I don't like that phrase. I've talked to you about that earlier. What, where's the evidence? Yeah, where's the evidence? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but a testimony of that person assaulted me is evidence. Yeah. What you're looking for is corroborative evidence or like supportive or like like fact checking. Yeah. You, you want a second piece of evidence. Yeah, you want a second account. Yeah. Basically, you're not wanting one. You're wanting two pieces of evidence, one that backs up the first one. Yeah. You just basically want the whole thing to be corroborated. Which is reasonable, but... But then again, at what, at what point do you stop? Because one person gives an account and that gets corroborated, but the second account, like, there's we no need the one. Uh, yeah. If we can get one, that's one proven case. Yeah, and at that point, it. he has done it. Therefore, bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it's more to do with there's a lot of people young. Where's the evidence? Well, that testimony is the evidence. Yeah. Could we start at least asking for corroborative evidence? Yeah. Because it opens or up could a we ask- huge hole. In people's argument because they yeah. can say like the amount of times I've seen this weird feedback loop of uh, the weird feedback loop of this happened what's your evidence well the person saying that is evidence and then the citizen says that is evidence they say no where's the real evidence where's the facts and you're like I know what you yeah. want what, what's <laughs> bugging me is that people are assuming that evidence means I have pictures I have yeah. you know recordings no evidence is me saying Colin Graham is wearing a red t-shirt right now it's like where's the evidence Dom can see me and Dom yeah. can recount that. The people want, like, but if that was to go to court for slandering me for wearing a red t-shirt, for I'm clearly wearing a blue t-shirt. I say Dom Anderson has misjudged my character, mis- uh, represented me, and defamed me in public on the internet, which I edited and then uploaded, but didn't censor for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I think even the example. judge would just go, "Dude, it's your fucking fault. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Get out of my court." But if if that went and happened, if you said. Colin is wearing a red t-shirt and I say I am wearing a blue t-shirt we go to court about this you go and stand and you say I saw Colin Grimm wearing a red red shirt it's in my affidavit of what happened my statement to the police yeah. and all that and this is a legally signed document and I wouldn't stand by this testimony in court and I just I, my lawyer comes to you and starts interrogating you cross, cross examining you being like are you sure how is your eyesight doing you wear glasses any colour correction? Any issues there with colour? And you can just start picking apart your evidence. That's It's still evidence, but it gets picked apart. Yeah. It's not the same as forensic evidence or photographs. Yeah. Like, but it is still evidence. Like, yeah. give that little bit of respect. That's the thing. Uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like, 
people don't realise that statements and witness testimonies are probably the most common form of evidence. Mm-hmm. But people want DNA. People want fucking forensics. <laughs> people want intri- like external fucking evidence. You say, this is his footprint on the outside of my step. I fucking, and whenever it was at this time, and it's his exact shoe, and this is his exact shoe size, it had to have been him. And his fingerprints are on the brick outside my door. People want that because you're never going to get that shit. Take the testimony for what it is as a piece of fucking evidence. If you want corroborative evidence, that's fine. But remember, you're looking for another word in there that people just... The language being used is very stunted Hmm. in these conversations. And it's like quite frustrating to read. Because I'm like, banging my head against a brick wall here. I'm trying to read through all the shit you guys have put out there. Trying to talk about this issue because it's a big issue. And it does have implications and there is a lot of moral and ethical questions that need to come up now because of this. Yeah. The people wording it, though, are really bad at it. And if you notice, there's not, there's a lot of people who are keeping very quiet. Yeah. A lot of people who, like, big anime YouTube channels aren't talking about this. Mid-tier ones are. The little ones are. Yeah, the, the sort of smaller. People looking for views and uh, subscribers are. Yeah, but that's probably because the, the bigger anime channels have probably met Vic Mignana and they probably might know something more. They've probably been... Yeah, maybe the lawyers can get to them just a bit too quickly, so they've just kept quiet. I think the big YouTube channels look at it and say, "I am not getting involved in that shit show." Yeah, that's probably the more logical thing. That they've probably just seen it and thought, "No, it's a." To go back to a phrase used earlier, it's just a chaos machine. It's I'm not putting my foot in that pool. But the uh, the Chris Sabat tweet that way did point out in this. This mm-hmm. is why we're kind of going to keep this short, and we're going to end it pretty soon. I don't know okay. much more to say. Yeah. Um, I got my weird ass showstopper. Went <laughs> <laughs> forward this one. He described it as weird. And I'm like, what's this gonna be? But the um, the tweet that makes me think like we're not seeing the end of this. And this was a couple of days ago, but there's still not being anything concrete to come out of any company, no big statements or anything. Uh, was that it was responding to somebody saying that the voice actors are bandwagoning on the situation for social media hype, uh, not something Chris Sabat needs. That no. man could post a tweet of like a, a piece of like cardboard. Yeah, and he'd probably get about 10,000 likes. Yeah, pretty much. The guy's well-liked. Him, oh, he, need, he doesn't even need to tweet a picture of a piece of cardboard. He just needs to mm-hmm. tweet a picture of a wall and just says, look where I am. Guaranteed 10,000 likes on it. Yeah. Um, by VAs going crazy, you mean VAs supporting the victims and sharing their own experiences? Because that's not going crazy. That's called being honest. You should probably pay close attention to them because those are the people who actually know what's going on. And that's where it leaves me with the idea that how fucked up is the situation around cons, conventions, these kind of rock star personalities that come along that you have almost like accepted rules that Mm. it's not like what's happening is possibly illegal, but we just turn a blind eye to it. How is that acceptable? How is that the, the thing that we just kind of wash it under the carpet? Yeah. It's something that I've been thinking about. I get that voice actors, maybe to the, the average punter, they won't be seen as the big celebrity. But in the anime sphere, they are seen as holy. Sh- they are seen yeah. as the big guy. So maybe it's a sense of right. We want to keep the talent happy. We'll try and sweep this away. But mm. I think nowadays there needs to be less of that and more of a sense of right. The sense of accountability. Just you know, we've seen you do that. We like, police are getting involved. There's no way. There's no way to do that. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is now the shitty job of our generation to fix the crap that happened in previous generations. Because yeah. this, let's 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 not you know mince words. This shit happened tons before Weinstein shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's now at the forefront in our generation as, you know, dudes in our late late 20s. Yeah. This shit is going to come forward and it's going to be our generation's problem or our generation's problem and our problem to fix. Mm-hmm. And all it takes going forward to stop it is just people being held accountable. People putting their hand up and saying, no, nah, I don't care if you're the talent. I don't care if you're the big star attraction at this convention. You cannot do that. There needs to be like more of a safety net around it. Yeah. Like protect the... Again, you're not a... We're both like fans of the whole Me Too movement. People coming forward, like people yeah. sharing their experiences. Like the people that are, are suffering this. Fair enough. If it does come out that they're telling telling lies, fair enough. But listen to them in the first place. They, yeah, they might have something to say. Let them say it. The worst thing that could happen is they share a, a, a harrowing experience, and it might just be something that they weren't comfortable with. Fair enough. It might not be criminal, but still, they have that experience off their chest. Hopefully something that good can come out of that. That person in the long yeah, run. Yeah, exactly. It can only be helpful. And if the right people, if the wrong people, or sorry, if the right people do the right thing, the, the offenders, the people doing the wrong thing, will have justice served on them. Yeah. And that just, it just creates that big, like, nice, like, safety bubble at conventions. Because that yeah. means people are going to go to conventions, they're going to have fun. And conventions, particularly, now, uh, particularly nowadays, are areas where people need to go and feel safe because shit can go down at a convention. We've seen multiple conventions where people show up with the intention to just mess it up people, the intention to hurt people. Yeah. Conventions need to be safe spaces and I, I'm not a fan of the word safe space because reality is a thing. Yeah. But conventions need to be safe zones where you can just meet up with your friends, talk anime bullshit for, you know, six hours, eat overpriced burgers and hot dogs and pizzas and then go home and come back the following day and do it all over again. Yeah, They don't need to worry about, oh well I met a uh, Tommy Wiseau and he grabbed my ass. He probably, in fact, see, be fair, if he did meet Tommy Wiseau, he probably would grab your ass. Yeah. He's a bit of a weird dude, but if that's going to make you feel uncomfortable, you don't want that. Yeah. That should not be, and it shouldn't be a concern at yeah. a con either. You shouldn't be going to a con and thinking, well, well I'm going to meet Johnny Young Bosch. What's the, sen- what's the, what's the chance that he's going to do something that makes you feel uncomfortable? It should be just a kind of, yeah. straight line. Like, this is what, this is the kind of con that you should expect at a con. This is how comfortable you should feel. And I think, now, after this, regardless of the outcome with Vic, mm. you're going to see that. You're going to see a definite tilt in the kind of, in the attitude of con celebrities where they're going to say, oh, um, are you okay with a pose? Or are you okay if I put my hand around you? Or are you okay if I, yeah. you know, maybe do something that's maybe that you might feel uncomfortable with? Yeah. I I, I don't like seeing the situation go down at all. No. It's, it's been really horrific. You're like, wow, this is... Yeah, a but, lot of people's childhoods. Like this is a lot of yeah. mixed emotions about a person you have idolized and loved for so long because of what they've done for the community yeah. and what they've done for the, the kind of performance given by VAs. Yeah. He's you know, he's one of the first to make it great. Yep. As opposed to just being shitty like eighties dubs where it's like really like people just trying and recording through a soup can. Yeah. <laughs> people up in a treehouse. And uh it's gonna be hard to see how this one figures out i want to just give people the space to get yeah. the, the stories out so we can look at all this and say yeah i can want to look at this this thing when it's all because obviously there's no way that we can look into the future and see when will this end but i, I just want to wait until everything comes out mm-hmm. and just look at it then because right now we're going off little shreds and little pieces that people have said yeah i when i look at this my main theory is have you noticed no one on the professional side is standing with a Vic. 
at this point. Yeah, that's, that's my main thing. Originally, right, that's I'm not, what hints to where this is going. But at the yeah. same time, I want to hear all of it out on the table, yeah. all cards. Let's have a look and see whatever he's got, and then we can make a judgment call. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. When I first seen this, my initial thought was, and again, it's because I'm a stupid man. I, I originally thought, oh well, it's just people that are maybe feeling a bit uncomfortable. That maybe they've misconstrued something. I originally thought that's just what it'd be all blow over that, like Colin did. I started reading into things. I was like, okay, maybe there's more to this than yeah. meets the eye, and. I'm kind of glad that I did a bit more reading because if I went with that initial thought, well, yeah, I stand with Vic. Yeah. Because I don't think I stand with Vic, but I don't, you know, I'm not going for kick Vic either. I'm in that yeah. neutral space where I'm just going to... I stand at the side and say, what the fuck is going on with yeah. Vic Mignano? <laughs> I'm just standing at the sidelines going, yeah. right, okay, neither side have any <laughs> evidence of yeah. anything yeah. substantial to say. I just, I hope this situation gets better. I hope it gets better fast because yeah. it's really toxic right now. A yeah. lot of shit, and if it's, I hope it's not affecting your day, because I'm not gonna lie. Reading this, I've probably sank about. I'm just gonna put the number out as saying eight hours over the course of this week. Most of it being a five-hour like deep dive on what was initially gonna be the story, and as it just became more twisted and labyrinthine, and there was yeah. like subterfuge, and there was like weird stuff going on with different accounts trying to like fuck over the other side and make false statements and just weird shit happening. I'm like. All of this is just like a total mess. Yeah. And but I, I, at this point, we're just kind of waiting to see what happens. So yeah, definitely, it's it's not something that's going to resolve itself immediately. There's going to be this is going to be an ongoing ongoing thing, and I don't think we're probably going to see a result until maybe way into the mid year, like talking summertime before we actually see anything concrete coming out of this. I I don't know if we ever will. That's my thing. Is yeah. Like, do, do these things? Was saying, oh, you need to have the where's the due process? Where's all this? Yeah. Uh, anyway, well, first of all, that's due to court. And these are private companies; they can do what they want, which would leave them open to possibly unfair uh, dismissal lawsuits, which is, might be on the way, uh, given yeah. the fact that Vic's lawyered up. So, um, where do we go from here? We don't know. But I, the thing is, like these private companies have no obligation to publish their findings if they've held yeah. an internal investigation, which I think's happened. Yeah, I think I think yeah. There's no way these companies are moving in such a big way without doing some research. If they've looked into this in any way, shape, or form, they don't need to then say to the public, "This is what we found." Because I guarantee, if they did find something, because Vic's lawyered up, he will say, "You can't release that to the public." Yeah, that would be pretty bad. That would actually yeah. probably be the start of a good defamation lawsuit. Was- probably be a few NDAs signed on both sides. Like, yeah. This is going to come out, but you keep it between the the affected parties and uh, the defendant. Yeah. Apart from that, it does not leave this room. And at that point, contempt of court comes in and contempt of court for anyone who breaches it gets in pretty nasty. Yes. It's hella nasty. Especially when you're involving leaking personal information and documents oh, yeah. and reports. Yeah. That becomes a huge issue. But I I mean, all the all the best of women who are coming forward with these stories, I mean, yeah. they're not being received well. It's unfortunate yeah. that there's a, a backlash. Yeah, there's yeah. people saying, oh, why don't women come forward with these stories when they happen? Uh, it's because fear is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you look at the backlash? Something like look at any of the statements of women involved in Kickvik, and then just scroll down a couple pages. Yeah, and you get down. all the venomous comments from little, you know, yeah. trolls and goblins that just say, "Oh, he's a good guy." Like, well, that's, twen- that's the one that gets me the most. Is the kid with the anime profile pic that says, "Well, I met Vic at a convention once, and he was nice to me." Will you shut the fuck up? The grown-ups are talking. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've met Vic Mignogna as well, and I'm now seriously considering, you know, 
hiding my signed copy of the Broly TV, <laughs> Broly Blu-rays. I met him. He was a nice guy. It wasn't the fact that he was, you know, quite a skinny guy, and I could probably, if he did try something, <laughs> I'd throw him out the fucking window. Yeah. But no, he, he was a nice guy to me. But I've also met Johnny Young Bosch, and he was a complete dick to me. <laughs> I was completely disappointed. I was like, but Canada. <laughs> no, he, apparently, he was a lovely guy to everybody else. But he seen me and just thought, eh, yeah, this guy. <laughs> I just yeah, all, all the best to the people yeah. involved in this. Trying to explain what is going on. Yeah, and. Those who are on both sides, just pull your head out your ass and let the let, let it happen. Don't downplay one side. Just the way that this gets resolved is if both sides kind of step back and let process happen. And if he's innocent, he's innocent. Yeah, and if he's he, guilty, he'll get what's coming to him. Yeah. It'll all come out in the wash. I guarantee you that one. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, our take on the Vic Mignana situation. I'm so toxic, I'm probably not going to involve the Vic Mignana tag. No, I looked into it on uh, Twitter and it's just... I no, like we, I tag podcasts to, for searchability. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to Do not it. put nope. <laughs> hashtag Vic Mignana on that. Especially because if anybody comes out and going like, okay, time to hear what these people think of Vic Mignana and tag them for it. Imagine waiting two and a half hours to think we, we just sit there and go, just wait and see. Yeah, just wait and see. <laughs> uh, don't be a dick. Yeah. But I, I got to be honest, that, that for me was therapeutic because it's been a weird ride reading through all this stuff and I'm really glad I'm at the end of it now. Yeah. Not looking forward to seeing how this one turns out, but actually getting off the test because like, the research about this was like ridiculous. 1,500 words. It took me four hours to write that. I studied advanced higher English. I can write that in about 90 minutes. Yeah. The fact that I put that much effort into it was fucking mind-blowing. I haven't written that much, like, put that much effort and intensity into that type <laughs> of thing in a long time. Missed it, though. Kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. It's one thing that people always say, oh, I hate doing coursework. And uh, you know, I'm always, the, I'm always in the mindset that I kind of like it. Just because I like... I you enjoy the. I just like doing with. research and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I love. I don't know what it is. I love doing research. You love piecing the puzzle. Yeah. Putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. So it's always. For your showstopper. Piss break. Sure. Mm, showstopper. Mm, showstopper. So, uh, with that unpleasantness out of the way, showstopper time. Showstopper time. This time I have the showstopper. This is a weird. Dom found some kinky shit. A weird switcheroo. It's not kinky shit. Aww. Uh, um, Do you know who Jose Canseco is? No. Right. Jose Canseco is a very, very well-known baseball player in America. Okay. Don't ask me what team he played for because I literally just found this dude's Twitter last week and it has been a joy to behold. Does it, it say, does it say like, where his team is? I might try and guess where it's from. Hmm? Like what the team name is. Don't tell me the uh, city, but I'll, I'll try and guess the city. Hold on, I'll look through his... No, it's got pictures of his uh, baseball cards. All right. But it doesn't have anything to do... It doesn't say... Wait, hold on. I have one picture. Oh, uh, he used to play in Oakland. Okay, right. Uh, for a team called the Oakland Athletics. So, uh, yeah. Creative name there. Creative name, yeah. He's really busting the creative bank on that. Hold on. Ah, crap, it's left me. <laughs> God damn it, Jose Canseco. But anyway, uh, Jose Canseco is a former Major League Baseball player that turned golfer, tried, uh, did a whole lot of different things. He went from uh, Major League Baseball to boxing, got in a whole load of trouble for taking steroids. But now... Well, he is a baseball player. Uh, yeah, dude's huge. And not natural huge. Everything just looks swollen. <laughs> He's got an order. But did you know that Jose Canseco is also the technological prophet of our time? No, I did not, no. Right. Like Jose Canseco the- tweeted these... Is it five? Six tweets... On the 30th of January, 
2019. Buckle up. It's going to be fun. The first tweet. We are in communication with aliens with a very flexible body composition called the AL-51. These aliens... Second tweet. These aliens are going to teach us how to uh, try and travel. The brain... These these aliens are going to teach us how to try and travel. The brain can physically travel without the body. Aliens have been trying to teach us how, how to time travel, but the first... First thing we have to change is our body composition, which we are not willing to do. We have tried with animals and it has failed. <laughs> Time travel puts 4,200... Uh, 4,200... 4, 42,651 pounds of pressure on a human skeletal structure. Can you detach the brain from the body and equalise the pressure? It could be done. <laughs> the sixth tweet is, Our science is totally irrelevant to aliens. That starts with Jose Canseco got that good weed. Like, yeah. he got that good shit. Oh, this is um, And it ends with the truth. Because the thing is, if there is an alien race that can time travel, even just travel across the galaxy, yeah. our technology is primitive, barbaric, and yeah. useless. On the 3rd of February... <laughs> oh, God, it gets worse. <laughs> no, there's more. He tweeted recently. <laughs> On the 3rd of February, he used this time travel powers. I just time travelled into the future. Rams win 2070 <laughs> Ah, uh, I got bad news for you about your prediction there. I watched that game and I wish the score was that high. Um, but no. <laughs> was, On the 7th oh, of February. <laughs> Put down the good weed. <laughs> Put down the good weed. Cloning is illegal. That's why we cannot evolve into our next stage. <laughs> once cloning is legal, we will be able to purchase either bodies of ourselves in our prime. And once our shells get too old, detach the brain and then apply to a new shell of the body or new shell or body in 50 years from now only the rich will be able to purchase a new body <laughs> new bodies will come with an addition with optional android or robotic moving parts <laughs> this one is pure brilliance like, like he's just said this like he's checked the weather i've just figured out a way to live an extra 30 years and just no follow-up tweets after that. No, nope, he's got more. He's got more. Apparently this was a big way. This is a big day for him. One of the many ways you can live an extra 30 years is that you have to sleep in almost freezing temperatures. I should be fucking immortal. <laughs> I always sleep with the window open and... Yeah. I know where he's read that. I know where he's getting that from. No, I not where he's read that specifically, but I know where he's getting that theory from. One other way to live 30 years longer is we are taking in too much food. Cut down your food intake by half. I feel like this guy is just going through reading the most conspiratorial websites of all time. And his final tweet, another way to live 30 years longer is you must have sex at least three times a week. Okay, that one's just desperate. <laughs> yep. That's why Jose Canseco is the prophet of our time. <laughs> so the, the, the being cold thing and the uh, is probably due with the fact that like if you have an animal that lives at a lower temperature, like it's evolved to live there, mm-hmm. its metabolism is lower. It dies slower. In a way. Yeah. So it, you would live longer. And I, I guess somebody has done some math that he believes that if you were to take a human body, train it to live at a colder temperature, it would be, uh, it would live longer. But that just poses the question, why are there not 150-year-old Eskimos just dicking about the place? Interesting. Uh, 
the, the, the tweets about like uh, taking the brain out and making a like a shell that you can just jump between like uh-huh. the robot parts. Yeah, totally right. Like yeah, that will be a thing that happens if we can find a way to take the human consciousness out and we can put it into a robot body. Fucking right, I'm jumping yeah. ship. But you have to admit, putting this shit on Twitter just seems that way of like I need to be relevant again. <laughs> is he? Is I he also a- missed a tweet by the way. Okay. <laughs> She said, wow, what a lousy game. Those, What a lousy game. Those guys should be ashamed of themselves. I'm taking the alien off the payroll. Uh, okay, I'm guessing he was watching the Super Bowl. Um, Could be. Probably. Um, I'm having to drink my way through these thoughts, guys. I'm not going to lie. Yep. There's a lot of Jack Daniels in this glass, and none of it's helping. Um, right, so... <laughs> the time-traveling thing... Oh, don't try and figure it out. That's what's fascinating to me. Is, is like it will be, like I have an acute measurement of how much pressure is put on the human body by time travel. Oh yeah, it is like forty two thousand six hundred fifty one pounds of pressure that's put on a human skeletal system. I, I was listening to Jorgen's interview with Brian Cox. He was mm-hmm. talking about uh, black holes. Yeah. Okay. Um, forty two thousand pounds of pressure wouldn't cover if you were to go through a time travel which could or go through like a black hole which could affect your relationship with time i wouldn't call it time travel you're just mostly getting fucked up um if i'm right on roughly the math forty-two thousand pounds of pressure wouldn't like your pinky fingernail would get more pressure if you went through a black hole (laughs) and that's the closest we think we might be able to get to punching a hole through space time travel so his number's a little off. That's my first thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even then, like, that, that black hole thing is just like, maybe it works. Fuck it, we don't know. I mean, the, the black holes break so much laws of physics, why not have them be the time travel thing? Everything else in there is just fascinating. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I wish I could be that high slash drunk <laughs> that I'm just like, I got it figured out, guys. <laughs> guys, just look, we need to take our brains out of our bodies so we could put them in new robot bodies, but only the rich... We'll be able to buy the new robot body. Give me back my beer. <laughs> and guys, it's not like you just crack a skull open. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the mind. So you gotta. We need melt. to put a needle in the forehead and bring the mind out. You just melt the body. Like uh, butter. Uh, uh, and the mind floats free. <laughs> we want. We no, guys are serious. We need to just get rid of our bodies and become beings of light. You guys. Shut up, Dad. (laughs) You guys aren't taking me serious. Take me serious. Melt your body. (laughs) Science science authority of the US. Listen to me, I've got points to say. Shit to say. Everybody be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, guys, guys. Got got a thing to tell you. Time travel. It's got revolutionized, but no, you can't use these shitty bodies. (laughs) We need to take the brain. And then... I'm going to robot tell you. bodies. <laughs> robot bodies, but only people that make over ten thousand dollars a month, they can afford the robot bodies, and they have all Android parts. You can pay me, and I'll make the robot bodies. <laughs> They'll be made out uh, soup tins. This, this sounds like uh, remember the Terryology. Terryology. Uh, do you remember oh, what's his name? The guy who was in Iron Man One as the guy that becomes War Machine, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. Yeah. Terrence Howard made up a new form of math because he didn't think that one times one was one 
he thought it was one times one is two. But one and that all maths was wrong. Okay. He he just tried to disprove maths. Yeah. I'd like to put him in a room with Rachel Riley. <laughs> I'd like to put him in a room Rachel with... Riley has a fucking PhD. <laughs> I want to put him in a room with a basic five-year-old. <laughs> Even just one of the ones that dribbles a bit. <laughs> you know, I reckon that kid's about to like school someday. But no, he went on and was just on this tirade about how he made a new form of math. This sounds like the same thing. <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they have the same weed supplier. He's got that good... Yeah, he's got that good chronic. Well, I mean, now that my brain's been entirely stopped... <laughs> As it's trying to melt out into the future and the past simultaneously, I'll, I'll yeah. point out. I'm, I'm vicious that way. I won't just settle for going to the future. Yeah. Um, I think it's time we close the podcast. Um, yeah, I think so. I think we've naturally <laughs> reached a natural conclusion here. Everything hurts. <laughs> Why does my brain hurt? <laughs> more alcohol is needed. So much more alcohol is needed. Um, but we'll talk about that in the next episode of the Jibberfish podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Jibberfish. And you can uh, email the podcast at gibberfishpodcast at gmail.co.uk. Yep. Um, it could be gmail.com. I can't remember. Gmail.org because we're a government organization. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're the department that's dealing with the time travel now. Yeah. Um, what I want to get is a t shirt of the two of us in suits just saying gibberfish podcast. We're a government organization. <laughs> then with the kind of Looney Tunes background. <laughs> <laughs> Jibberfish Podcast, a government organisation, but don't ask the government about it. <laughs> Sponsored by Jose Canseco. <laughs> Sponsored by Jose Canseco's weed supplier. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I've been Colin Graham. I've been Dom Anderson. And we've been talking gibberfish. Maybe I've not been Dom Anderson. Maybe right. I've travelled in time. Maybe my brain's, maybe this body's been used by someone else. Does that mean you're past Dom Anderson or future Dom Anderson? Maybe I'm both at the same time. Whoa. Whoa.